0: Good afternoon, or good evening. This is Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three, sweet me, bro.
1: It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening, and where it's been like, what to like? Oh God, no! Like to like, oh shit! Wait, 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 wait. Hey, everybody, and we're back. It's been a little bit. Um, we've had some stuff going on. Um, I was actually out of the country. Uh, so for a little bit, but um, we're back. We're ready to talk some shop. It's gonna be a little different. Um, we're actually gonna kind of do a round a round robin, or I guess round table discussion of uh, some of the news. Uh, our clickbait uh, because we've been kind of doing our own thing so we're gonna have a fun little chat there um always got the match of the week I'm interested to see what you guys think um and then uh we're uh we're bringing the spotlight back finally um and boy oh boy is this a (laughs) special treat so I think gents without further ado uh let's talk some shop I saw uh, something about uh Jade Cargill uh to kick us off here um who's been I don't want to say I I guess you could say silent. <laughs> um she after she dropped the title to Chris Stratlander at all was it was it Revolution which I, I always forget they have the names. Yeah, it was the last pay-per-view. pay-per-view. It was whatever the last AEW's pay-per-view was. No, it was
2: um, a, it was the really bad one that uh Tony Khan uh made up for. Because that it was the bad one, one? Of the, yeah, because that was one of the matches everyone was like super confused about. Oh, everyone, okay. Well, either- it, was, it was the match before. Like what we what we we dubbed the apology uh, when he was like announcing all the forbidden door stuff, and we're like, oh, Tony Khan's totally making up for this horrible pay per view. He's, he's apologizing. No, so <laughs> yeah.
1: she lost the belt to Chris to Chris. Ugh, God, Chris Statlander. There um, is. and hasn't really been seen since or heard of. She's dropped mm-hmm. some really weird stuff on Twitter. Like she, there was something she said it's like, I, I I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was like, there's no gold, there's no finish line. I just need to do something to like something around money. It felt like, so I don't know if there's like a contract negotiation or something going on, but they've been really, really quiet. Um, And before we actually just started, Jim said they finally on tonight's collision, just like they finally referenced her. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. Like thinking about when Chris Stratlander's around, I mean, obviously you don't mention, you know, constantly who you won the belt off of, but I never heard Jade Cargill's voice, like not her voice, but just never heard her mentioned. So just kinda of interesting, and if you guys have heard anything more about that like it it kind of it sounds like she i don't know I don't wanna say not coming back, but um just yeah, I don't know, don't know what's going on with her um wasn't I think she was definitely getting better um wasn't the biggest fan, so i'm but I'm just kind of surprised to see somebody who had like the proverbial fucking uh what is oh my god um push uh you know i mean undefeated streak and all that and like
0: now it's like uh, yeah what's going on so guys what do you what do you think have you heard anything you gotta remember the 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 women's division in aew has been under a microscope from the very fucking beginning and probably one of the biggest criticisms or or complaints or or shit talking however you want to put it, that you always hear about AEW is that they're bloated roster, right? They have so many people on the roster Um, and you're right. Jade was improving, but she was still a long way from being great. And so time off might be a very strategic thing uh, to allow other women on the roster to get more TV time, to allow other women on the roster to kind of work into title pictures uh, and to give Jade some time to improve some skills off of TV. Uh, yeah, it was, I was really surprised during the Kiera Hogan-Mercedes Martinez match. They actually referenced uh, Jade Cargill, and that's the first time in weeks I've heard them say her name at all. So I guess that's an indication that she's not done with AEW. Hopefully it's an indication that she's actually just doing some work <laughs> off of television. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see her back. I just like to see her back with a little bit more um, polish uh, to to what she can do in the ring.
2: No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Tom, what about you? I think the, the go-to like the go-to answer that everybody's going to give is that um, she's headed to WWE, which I don't think the case is at all. Um, I I mean, at this point, if I think if you're a man or woman uh, of color, (laughs) your time in WWE is looking pretty bleak. Um, especially a, a, as a champion, unfortunately. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I resonate with you guys. I think if she can, if she's healing, um, I think that's great. She did put a lot of work in. I do think even though she, she needs to be polished and all that, and she needs some, some work done, uh, in the ring. I mean, she, she definitely helped carry the company on her back and she definitely needs to be recognized for doing, doing that too. So, um, but actually I'm more, uh, and, and I'm, I'm wondering if you guys know this too, like where the hell is Thunder Rosa been? <laughs> so yeah, she that's injured.
3: Yeah. But, well, I know I
2: she was... was injured, but like, but you would have thought by now, like, right. She would have, I mean, that, that, that felt like years ago. I mean, I know it wasn't years, but like, like, and I know she had some heat backstage for sure with, with Britt Baker and all that. And I'm sure that got squashed, but, um, yeah, sorry not to change subjects. It just came to my mind. I was like, where the hell is Thunder Rosa?
1: No, I think that's that's actually was one of the things I was also going to bring up um, was that she had um, I follow her on Instagram because she does a ton of stuff outside of wrestling. She used to be I don't know if you guys knew this and I didn't. She used to do MMA. Um, oh wow, I didn't know that. And, oh yeah, yeah, she's she's kind of a badass um, and whatnot. But um, she just said that it, I think this week or last week was her first time getting into a ring over in over a year. And I guess she had some sort of like weird tears in her back. She's never really, it's just been a back injury, but like no one's really known to like what extent and whatnot. And I actually, honestly, I don't really even know what the heat was around her. I heard the only thing I had really heard was that she's just a little bit stiff. Um, But like, that's, that's it. So I don't know what, but I've heard she's rubbed people the wrong way. And um, wasn't, I think wasn't, she did something once. And I think we've talked about it where she ran into the bathroom because (laughs) Jamie Hader was, probably going to beat the shit out of her or something, but that's, she was chasing her or something like that. But I, I don't know, Jim, if, if you want to,
0: well, yeah, Thunder Rosa was getting a reputation for not only being difficult to work with, but for sandbagging, for being stiff, uh, for, for, for basically not putting people over. Um, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I, I guess she just based on interviews I've seen with her, uh, I can see how her personality might not be the most cordial to some people. Um, that's not a knock on her. I mean, I'm a person whose personality doesn't rub people the right way too. I get it. You know, um, it's it's not that you're a bad person. It's that not everybody has a personality that everybody else likes. So, for, from my reading of it, I think that's been the situation. Now, there was uh, last week or the week before uh, a post that Andrade put out was a picture of him and Thunder Rosa backstage, and that Ooh. led a lot of people to speculate, like, oh. Maybe she's going to get involved with this Andrade versus House of Black. Uh, in fact, on Collision tonight, you had Andrade versus Buddy uh, with the ladder match, which was mwah, fucking really? fantastic. Uh, it I was seen it, yeah.
3: uh,
0: So good. Kicked off the show, and it was fantastic. Uh, and there were several spots that Julia Hart got involved, and I was just sitting there like, is this – the?" Is this when Thunder Rosa is going to come out? Is this when Literally. Thunder Rose is going to come out? Uh, so, yeah, th- they haven't given any kind of a timetable for her return. Um, she did have that that back injury. Remember, that's why she dropped the title. Um, yep. You know, so I, she's got to be coming around sooner than later. But again, with the roster that they have and the opportunity to pick up even more, talent that's out there we were talking about this just before we hit record in my opinion the biggest free agent in professional wrestling right now jordan grace um you know she's wrestled for aew before she was at the the first pay-per-view she was at the all-in pay-per-view that's right um if you pick up jordan grace i don't know that you need thunder rosa in that locker room or on tv um, because of the, the amount, the wealth of talent you're going to have then, uh, I just don't, uh, you know, and Thunder Rosa, I think has, has had some good matches. I've never been, I've never been over the moon with her performance. I've never thought she was the bee's knees per se. I thought she was a steady hand. Um, but I've never, I never saw her as a, as a top tier, uh, performer. So good luck to her but I don't think anybody's missing her
1: it it, that's it kind of feels that way to be honest where it's everyone's like and I I think I was just enamored with her because I just I love the fact that she's only been doing this for I think like seven years or so so it was kind of I don't want to say prodigy but like she just adapted to it really really well and I thought a person of color I just I thought it was really cool um you know and her holding the title and just I don't know. And like some of her entrances were great, but I, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment, Jim, like, you know, nothing, Oh my God, spectacular, but you know, a good steady hand. So.
2: No, I think that's cool. I honestly think when, when, when it comes to like, I mean, look at, I mean, even though I'm not comparing her to CM Punk by any means, but like, look, it's like the death, it's like a death kiss. When you start hearing about like how difficult people are backstage, how people are, you know, like Jim said, sandbagging people in the ring and, and stiff and all of that, I, it's like almost a, a curse. Like you, you might as well not come back because I, I mean, look how long it took punk to come back. And that was, I mean, that's still being talked about. That's still being speculated as like what really went down. And, and I mean, there, there's a lot of truth to like her being difficult to work with. And yeah, Jim, I'm, I, I totally agree. I, I'm not missing her at all. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to shit on anybody, but like, I'd never really liked her all that much to begin with. I was kind of, I was kind of shocked to be, She was the one to take the belt off of Brit. I was like, that was very weird, weird choice. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not missing her. I mean, I don't want anybody to, you know, be hurt and miserable and not do what they love. But at the same time, it's like, eh, yeah, okay.
1: No, fair enough. I think, um, and you know, to, before I, I send it to you guys for your clickbait, I'm going to wrap on this. Cause I don't know if this is more meh or goddamn it. Like I just, it gives me more ammo to fucking hate these guys, but I don't know if you saw, um, it was, I, I don't know who at the performance center, but they were, they gave Ron DeSantos a, um. Uh, a private match and yeah. I, I think yeah, i texted I, it to the group yeah. Uh, yeah as we we talk about all the time we're in a text group and i think i posted that and was like if there's any more reason for them like just to give me more fuel to hate them and not watch them like they keep doing stuff like this and it's i'm not mad that the fact that the guy went and watched wrestling i think it's great like cool man it's just the continuation of the hypocrisy and the fact now that this gentleman might run for president and guess who's in well, his you know no, he, no, he oh is he is, oh, so, is he okay
0: officially announced yeah
1: oh okay so i i just clearly i hate the guy so i'm sorry i don't <laughs> hate it. i just strongly dislike him oh i hate um, him
0: but, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, okay <laughs> fair enough okay I
1: just, just trying to be cool uh and whatnot but like just thinking about vince mcmahon and someone like that and the shit that he pulls and he has that guy in his back pocket like gross it just makes it gross it makes it just You gross, you know, because I could see something like the WWE doing something and then Ron DeSantos being like, hey, and then guess what? Now they're changing the product because it's just – I I don't want to talk too much about it because I I hate giving that guy a platform, but, like, dude, just stay in your fucking lane.
0: (laughs) Don't (laughs) ruin – Look, Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Donald Trump and Vince McMahon have a long friendship. Linda McMahon had a cabinet position – right? In the Trump Mm -hmm. presidency, Trump White House. During COVID, Ron DeSantis wrote a special rule that allowed the performance center to continue. That's right. Right. The, the, the WWE has been in bed with the Republican party for a very long fucking time. And I will give them this much. It's an honest pairing, right? It's not an opportunistic thing. It's an odd, like the, the McMahons are a very right wing, Family, they're backing the candidates that they like, it's just they're backing candidates that are disgusting human beings.
3: Yeah, yep. uh,
0: you know, and Ron DeSantis can lick the hairiest part of my sweaty asshole, any <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's not too far from me right now. He's in Iowa. I could, I would make uh. that drive over so that he can, in fact, lick the hairiest part of my asshole. Mm. Excuse um, me, Mr. DeSantis. Me. <laughs> Mr. Governor, Mr. Governor, pucker up, buttercup. Yeah, I just uh, I'm sure that would be fine. I'm sure. Be oh, no, problem. no problem at all. Uh,
3: yeah. But yeah,
0: but yeah it, it's yeah. The, when I saw that story, too, about Ron DeSantis getting a private show, I, I just fuck right off, man. Just That's fuck right off. off. I, 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 I'm i so sick and fucking tired of the WWE being the worst possible versions of themselves that they could be. Yeah. And it's, and you know, it goes hand in hand with, you know, Gable Stevenson making his debut amidst the fact that he has credible rape charges against him. Really? I did know that. I didn't, know, with him. I I didn't mean, know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has oh, credible rape yeah. accusations, yeah. but he's still yeah. continuing to be their new guy. Uh, it just, look at everything, Matt Riddle
1: and everything else. And like, then this be better. We're going to not be bullies and look at, you know, their fucking CEO is making payouts to women for bully. I mean, obviously I'm not comparing bullying and sexual harassment, but just kind of trying to make an umbrella statement and fuck that dude. And it is just, I'm even more triggered and, and whether this makes it into the podcast or not, but like, I don't know if you guys, um, it, uh, Kate and I watched it last night called she said Um, it's about uh, essentially the buildup to the Harvey Weinstein allegations. And it's just, it's, I think I, I don't know if you, I put it on a story. I was like, if this, if this movie does not make you incredibly angry, then you're part of the fucking problem. And it just, it, this is the part of the pro it's like, it it, stay out of my favorite thing. You know, one of my favorite things. And it's, it just sucks. So I, 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 yeah, I'll just get more triggered and don't want to. Yeah.
0: I mean, just to just, just to kind of put a put a little bit more perspective on this, Ron DeSantis has signed legislation that has criminalized drag shows. He has signed legi- he signed the quote unquote don't say gay bill. Right. Oh. And I know that you hate it when you call it that, but <sighs> WWE wants to present themselves as this inclusive, welcoming environment, right? Where where you know they have the you know openly gay superstars. Right. And, and they celebrate Pat Patterson, who was, you know, who was gay and all this kind of stuff. Then why the fuck are you? It's, it's this, this meme I see all the time of don't say you're an ally and then vote for people who would take away the rights of those people you love. Yep. You can't say that you support the 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 uh, Sonia DeVille's in your company when you're supporting a man who wants to make it illegal to be gay. In the state of Florida, it's just fucking insane to me. It, 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 yeah. That hypocrisy drives me fucking insane.
1: Yeah, no, it. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy, and I mean, it just. Yeah. Well, to,
2: so, to add to add to the the cherry on top of that, I mean, yeah, they can be pro um, gay rights all they want, but let's wind the clocks back. And they bullied Chris Canyon out of the company. They bullied the shit out of Pat Patterson. Like Pat Patterson was terrified. To, to like I, I know a lot of a lot of close close friends of his knew that he was gay and they were like yeah whatever i don't care but like once the WWE caught wind of that they were like no like you cannot like you cannot talk about this you cannot you know so it's like I, the the hypocrisy with the WWE is is like legendary at this point like it's just it's fucking disgusting uh like i bronze i mean to to add to it to Ron DeSantis also wants to ban books like that's fucking insane I'm I'm very big on like you know not banning books like yes. I know, like the fucking Third Reich did that but yeah, exactly. like oh oh it's world world different. different it's different like I yeah I hate yeah I know you Mike you you say that you don't want to say like I, I hate these people no I fucking hate Ron DeSantis because he there's a difference between not liking uh, an opinion and also wanting to make it illegal for people to get married to burn books to ban them, like no, I hate that motherfucker,
1: yeah, yeah. no, I know it's just it's yeah, it, trying to be better, I guess is what you know what I mean It's, it's just be hate, hate just hate fuels hate, and so that's why it's just like when I keep trying to you know like I, by no means am I protecting that man, but I mean, it's just like I got better things in my I, I, better things in my life that I need to be worried about.
2: Is that a vote to Ron DeSantis flag in your background?
0: Are you listening to try that in a small town right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yes. That, I thought I heard, recognized that tune. Fuck that guy too. Uh, anyway.
2: <laughs> anyway, sorry to turn this into the. the, the, the dude, Sweet me, bro. Just got three
0: politicked. Yeah, I like, well, I think it's I think it's fair to say that I think that the three of us all stand on the position that human rights are human rights. I, I yeah. think am right. I don't, I don't think I'm going out of out of left field here to say that the official position of this podcast is that human beings should have rights.
3: Well, and it's, yeah. I, mean, hey, I, think, no, I, I mean, I, I think
1: mean well, no, I mean I think to tie up to tie a bow on it and pass it to you guys for your clickbait is just like it costs nothing to be a good person, and it, you know it be good, be better. Like that's, it, it costs nothing. So, you know, I just, this shit gets me so worked up. I could just, you know, it's, we're here to have fun and talk shop and it's, yeah, it just I, I fucking hate that. It's time. hard
2: sometimes. It's it is. Hard. It's
1: very, well, I mean, especially when it bleeds into something that you love, you know what I mean? And there's, yeah. I believe, you know, I don't think it's been the WWE or professional wrestling not to again, continue this conversation, but I think when they were, you know, talking about the, the drag shows and like Nashville and whatnot, women or not women senators. It was just a a woman, a female Senator was like, um, essentially I'm paraphrasing here. She's like, um, there's like grown men that wear tights and wigs and this and beat the shit out of each other at wrestling. Essentially. Mm -hmm. How is this any different? Like how can you, and it was like dead silence. So it's, it's, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing that it's getting dragged into a lot of this stuff. And it's just, yeah, it stinks. Just stay away from stuff that I love.
3: <laughs> yeah. For the
1: love of God. But anyway, so that's that's kind of what I've been seeing. Jim, what, uh, what's what been on your radar?
0: Fuck so much. Uh, well, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the, the first I'll throw out is, is news that just came out actually today or yesterday, uh, and that is that AEW has filed for a trademark uh, that should be of tremendous interest Ooh. to the rest of the world. Uh, first of all, I need to say, God bless the people Who do the trademark watching? uh, Because you see all kinds of stories that you get the lead, you get the scoop on what's coming based upon the trademarks that get filed. So Mm -hmm. whoever's watching for that stuff, you are you are doing the Lord's work. (laughs) Uh, But AEW filed for a trademark uh, for AEW Plus, and specifically in the context of streaming services. Ooh. So, this is a good indication that AEW is, in fact, looking into the streaming marketplace. Uh, will this be like the WWE Network? Will this be a part of Max, which is under the Time Warner, uh, you know, uh, dis- the, excuse me, Warner Discovery? I can't remember which iteration of ownership. But me. the Warner Discovery uh, kind of umbrella. Um, but AEW going to a streaming service. Even if it is, even if it is the WWE model of a standalone, uh, you know, like Ring of Honor, right? If it's, if it's just a standalone service that I have to pay $10 a month for, but I get all the pay-per-views and I get that back catalog and I get that searchable library, you goddamn right. I'm going to pay my $10 a month for that. Uh, I'm absolutely going to pay my $10 a month for that. So that's that's news number one is is the idea that AEW streaming is more and more likely to be coming in the near future. Uh, you guys signing up? You down? You with it? Oh, uh, 100%. If,
1: knowing that Tony Khan has the ROH library, and if that gets put up there, yes, please. Yeah. Like, I can already think of like I would 100% binge watch Punk and Joe one and two over and over and over again. <laughs> I Please, you know, especially some like old vintage Ring of Honor with um Seth Rollins that's where it's going to get interesting to see. I mean, obviously they'll probably end up having to pay royalties. Well, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Um, I know, I think Punk, not to bring up him, but I know he was always kind of bitching about the fact that he's like, I'm not seeing a dime from that. You know, it's because, so it's, and hopefully knowing Tony Khan, he'd at least, you know, do something there. I don't know, but um, yeah, it just, on that library alone, absolutely.
2: The the Kevin Steen-Generico match, like mm-hmm. that whole feud, oh man! I'd kill to go back and watch all that. That was, oh some of the best, some uh, of the best stories I've ever seen.
1: That ladder match, I think it was wow. final battle or whatever. Yeah. Were oh my god, please, so well, good.
0: I, Did you have either of you guys ever signed up for the 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 uh, Honor Club, the Ring of Honor? Not streams? yet. No, I
1: just I haven't.
0: No, I haven't <laughs> yet either. I I was I I had it for several months and um. I didn't cancel it. I had my credit card information stolen. And oh, so no when, it to, oh, no. when it went to auto renew, it was like to a card that didn't exist anymore. And I never bothered to put in a new card. So I didn't uh. cancel. So much that I just didn't renew. They, uh, they, they never
2: found the person who stole that, did they?
0: Uh, they have a lead. Uh, they believe his name is Thomas.
3: Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, Tom, but what did I, you
0: do? <laughs> I was so excited about the prospect of having that library. But it's fucking impossible to find matches on there. It was mm. like it was so yeah. not user friendly. I've heard that was like kind
2: of isn't that like a huge complaint even before Khan had it. It's like it's just been kind of like buggy and really complicated. It's kind of also like um, New Japan's um, mm-hmm. uh, it's like streaming service where they're like, uh, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna put this in English. So good luck.
0: And- <laughs> I find anything in here <laughs> Google translate motherfucker Google translate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so i I mean for that reason if I kind of hope it's a part of the 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 max uh yeah. platform yeah excuse me because I think i I think the 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 back end stuff the user experience stuff is gonna be so much better if they allow the parent company to handle that yeah um, you know again, and that's the You see that with, with, when WWE Network went to Peacock, right? Like WWE Network was, was a good app. It was a good streaming channel. It was accessible. Uh, It it was really good. It's kind of not as great uh, now that it's assimilated under Peacock, but it's also nice that it's all (laughs) under Peacock, right? So it's really easy to get to easy to access everything. It allows for a little crossover appeal, I just I think it would be better if AEW Plus was a part of Max, but either way, I'm fucking signing up because 100%. that's just a hell of a deal.
1: It's well, it's it's a professional wrestling company versus a entertainment company. So, and I love professional wrestling. So, hundred percent, I'm in. I okay. would absolutely. And we already have Max. So, if it does end up coming yeah. onto Max,
0: yeah, more the merrier. Nice. So, another another tidbit uh, that has come out in the last couple of weeks. Sorry, I'm just trying to pull it up right now so I can be more specific. <laughs> uh, AEW has come out with a list of banned moves. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, if you guys remember, several years ago, it was leaked that WWE had a, a list of banned moves, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, including oh, yeah. things like pile drivers, uh, unprotected chair shots. Yeah, hey, like, for like a long things time. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... It got a lot of flack from the, the wrestling community, right? The wrestling community, especially the internet wrestling community, was very uh, hard on them. Well, now AEW has come out with their own list of, of band moves. And I will say that I noticed right out of the gate that even though they had these banned moves, literally like two days after this list gets leaked, almost all of the band moves were being performed on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking to myself, like, wait a minute. I thought these were banned. So maybe it's that they were banned for some people and not others, or maybe it was a like later, like it'll be implemented later. But I mean, the, the, the tightening, or excuse me, the, the growing consensus is that this list comes out of a desire to not only be more safe, but also to be more marketable. I mean, what do you guys think? Just banning moves in aew makes sense
2: i'm kind of on the fence well, well what are some of the band moves do you have that pulled uh, up?
0: sure yeah so according to uh according to wrestling headlines uh some of the some of the the band moves include unprotected chair shots to the head shots to the back of the head hmm. buckle bombs mm. blind moves that go backwards into the turnbuckles mm-hmm. uh yeah uh seizure cells spitting oh, seizure cells bleeding in the crowd <laughs> the use of weapons in the crowd uh-huh. taking drinks or food from people in the crowd or any other physical contact with the crowd
2: i wonder i wonder who the the taking the drinks from the crowd one came from
0: can't imagine can't, can't imagine, imagine very cool. recent history there's been my, an issue my
2: dog was upset with that one too um
0: well here's my thing right buckle bombs one of the signature moves of the young bucks yeah is a buckle bomb head kick combo
2: so it's a shot to the the back of the
0: head (laughs) and a buckle bomb
2: i so here's the thing the unprotected chair shot that's obviously a given yeah no get that out of there Uh, we can see a history of people with you know cte injuries and things like that it's not it, we're well beyond the tuck your chin and take it era. Um, and I agree with that 100%. Now, you, you got to be careful with that because you can't be picky and choosy with, you know, oh, this person can do it, but this person can't because mistakes can always happen. That, 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 that's a given. And wrestling, you know, as, as we we say and then everybody else says, it's not ballet. So, I mean, and, and you have to put a lot of trust into the person you're working with to protect you. I mean, that, that is a huge part of wrestling, um, to ban moves. If they're going to ban a move, then nobody can do it because I, I just don't think that's a fair assessment of, Oh, well the young bucks can do this, but you know, FTR can't, uh, because doesn't, doesn't Dax do like a exploder suplex into the corner? Does it yes. need like a T-bone? Um, yeah, yeah,
1: a couple guys do that actually.
2: Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of weird to, to see Tony Khan do that. But like, I, I think whatever protects, whatever, whatever protects your wrestlers, I say, go for, um, pile drivers. I can understand because that, that could, a a, a big mistake and that can cause, you know, somebody's life and somebody's mobility. Um, the one thing that I could definitely kind of understand is like, And and I think I'm I'm just gonna pick on Mox for this because he just won't stop bleeding ever. I think I'm sure, I'm sure right now, if you if you listen carefully, you can hear Mox bleeding right now. Uh, (laughs) Like I get it that you want to market to people and and that is a very grisly, you know, that's a grisly sell. Now I think Mox has done it to the point of unnecessary, and I think I don't understand why he continues to do it. Um but if you want to if you want to sell your company and make it somewhat family friendly, you can't have guys that are taking drinks of alcohol and throwing it in kids faces and and a guy who bleeds all the time. It takes it's just like I mean, I personally I think it's hilarious. I think it's it's funny. He'll be in a heel. I mean, think of how many wrestlers in the past used to spit on fans. I mean, it was just, you know, it's just what the heel does. It's just his wrestling is. But again, we're in a different we're, we're in a different age. You know, we're we're in a different world now. We're doing that can cause you all sorts of problems. And so, yeah, I think the bleeding, the excessive bleeding, the chair shots and stuff like that—absolutely, I I can get behind that. I understand it, don't like it, but I can get behind it. But the move thing, I I have a hard time agreeing with that. That's the problem
0: with you millennials. You (laughs) gotta see, back in my (laughs) day, we drank from the garden hose and we rode our bikes without helmets and, yeah. and we weren't, we weren't coddled, coddled like you damn millennials <laughs> in your fucking pussification of America.
2: When you, when you, you, you and I, I remember distinctively just giving each other chair shots, unprotected, just <laughs> mollywamping the shit out of each other. Just boom, one trade, one for one, Jim. I remember those days.
0: Fine. And we're totally fine. <laughs> we're totally. <laughs>
1: You no, know, I'm I'm kind of with you, Tom, to be honest. Like kind of on the fence with it, you know? And it's it's funny that you 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 mentioned, you know, the pile driver is a band move. I actually saw a clip earlier where, um, and this is just I, I I would have bought into it as a kid. It was a little bit before my time, but it was uh Randy Savage versus Ricky Morton, and he pile drives him through a table. And it was like the guy's like, This is why this is a band athletic. I think it was Gordon Soley who's like, This is why this move is banned, and I'm like, Oh my god, because I know as a kid I'd have been like, Oh, Ricky Morton's dead, you know, and obviously, but like that's where, and to, where I'm trying to get at is that you need to be able to trust your performers. I mean, I mean, cause they're the ones out there putting their lives on the line and it's an art form to them, you know? And I think I have no problem where if two people who work well together. So yeah. I think for instance, uh, it, I, case in point, uh, to one of your moves, I don't know if this is it, one of the band moves are going to be a band move, but look at Jesus Christ, look at what S- Swerve Strickland did to darby allen on dynamite like a fucking death valley driver from the top rope on the ring apron hardest part of the ring might i add uh and <laughs> no, uh, very nice. But, very like, nice. they they work really well together and i know that like i know and darby's different and whatnot and he really views what he does as an art form but i know swerve's not gonna hurt him you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's like you gotta have trust in your performers to know because it's their art like and i'm not an artist you know and and my wife is And she's always constantly talking about, you know, like art is art, it's subjective, and it means different things to different people. So I it's I I can see where you're coming from 100% with the chair shots. That's not needed. Like, yeah, I remember Cody, I still is like takes heat from fucking taking that and he wanted it. And everyone was like, Are you dumb? You know, and like he he defended it. And but again, he felt it was it was for his art. So you know, I, I'm not saying it was good. I'm definitely against that. I mean, a, a completely unprotected chair shot. Um, and like your point, Tom, something did go wrong. And I mean, Grant, I don't think he got concussed, but he got busted open pretty fucking good. No, I'm pretty um, sure he was concussed, was, man. Uh, I can't remember. Well, because I remember Sean Spears said he hit it. It was, he, he, he knew he was going to do it unprotected. He just hit him with the right. It was like the chair was the other way or something like that. Like it was,
3: oh.
1: but still. And so, but like, if you can do things safely and, protect the crowd or, um, not, pre- well, protect the crowd. I think a little bit, um, you know, but protect your wrestlers. I'm all for that, but you gotta, you gotta trust them and know that what they're going to do. If you're just doing things to do them, then no, that's not, that's not needed. You know, but like, if you're looking at somebody like a Darby Allen, um, I'm trying to think of somebody else who, uh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Jeff Hardy, who just have that kind of more physical style. You're kind of, you're kind of <laughs> killing who they are. I know. I, Comparing Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy and together. Is,
2: Jeff Hardy's like, worst enemy is not only himself, but getting a top of the <laughs> turnbuckle these days.
1: <laughs> right. Well, no, but like, so look at like, um, um, I think a good example is, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Um, he debuted and his move was the shooting star press and he fucked up. Oh, Johnny Goodtime. <laughs> <Johnny laughs> yes, Johnny, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Goodtime. Um, oh, my Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel. Yeah, yeah. And he slipped in. I mean, granted, that, but that's, he's done that move. I mean, Jesus Christ, he took an RKO out of that move. Like the guy can do he just had a bad experience. Yeah, I don't necessarily okay. think you need to ban his move, you know, et cetera, there. So hey, like you, Tom, 50-50 for sure. I could see some of the crowd stuff. I understandably, I I know MJF caught a lot of flack for that. When he threw that <laughs> drink in that kid's face, and it doesn't look good, but everything after that apparently was very, you know, they invited him backstage. They kept him for dynamite. He got you know what I mean. So they made yeah. it right, which I think is the most important thing. But like also like dude, we just got out of a pandemic and like, no offense. I love John Moxley. I don't want that motherfucker's blood anywhere near me. You know what I mean? Or somebody <laughs> yeah. spitting on me like that's fucking gross. Like, come on, you know? And it's, but then again, I mean, it's art. I mean, look at how close we were to Jeff Jarrett and Mark Briscoe. I, you know, I mean that, that they, God knows what they're doing, you know? So I, it's like I said, I think it's too early to tell, uh, to be honest. I I think it's, it's it's a good thing, I think, because obviously you want to protect the longevity of your talent, but you've got to do it carefully because you could be really killing someone's style, you know, their their whole move set and trying to, you know, I, I know it's kind of part of the business where, you know, people have to turn on a dime and, you know, good guys become, you know, good guys become bad guys, whatever and whatnot. But like it trust your talent is yeah. essentially what I'm getting. at. I think if you can definitely do that, but trust your talent. You know, so that's, that's my opinion.
2: Here's, here's a couple of moves. I want to run by you guys. If you're okay with that, we ban, uh, the lion tamer. Yes. Uh, spinning, spinning
0: back elbow. Yes. And the stroke. Oh, also being named Chris Jericho. <laughs> I think that needs to be banned. That is killing yes. the business.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If, if you spell your name, J E double F J E. Whatever. <laughs> who gives a shit? I mean, seriously.
0: Why, why are we banning those? Yeah, we should ban anybody who is the son of a hockey player or the son of a promoter. <laughs> I, I think if you if you were sired by a, an NHL player or a wrestling promoter, yeah. you have no you have no right.
2: I mean, call me crazy, guys. I know I know it's a risky move for the business, but I think it's a right move. <laughs>
0: Anywho, oh God. Well, speaking so. of speaking of sons of greatness, uh oh, one of the one, the last thing that I want to touch on in clickbait is what I consider to be the eighth sign of the apocalypse. And that is that yeah. Dominic Mysterio now has gold. Uh Dominic Mysterio uh defeating Wesley for the NXT North American Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, really? I mean, really. Like is this? I mean, look. Does Dominic Mysterio have nuclear fucking heat? Absolutely. Oh, it's 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 a thing of it's beauty. To be honest with you. Yeah is is it because he's just that good of a performer? Nope. Not even no. Like nope. People, it's legitimate heat. It's go away heat. It's not like MJF heat. Mm-mm. It's it's. It's we really don't fucking want you here heat. <laughs> That's not reason enough to put a fucking belt on somebody. Uh so I I, you know, not like there's a lot of room for disappointment in WWE anymore, but that one was a real disappointment to me. Was uh giving giving Dominic the belt was just kind of a way to go, yeah, we stopped trying.
2: You know what's and- you know what's great about NXT is like NXT is rock bottom, right? And yeah. what what the only beauty about nxt is like nxt is exposed that there is a place below rock bottom and that is giving (laughs) him the belt it's it's i i I saw that i mean i didn't even watch the match i saw it and and i legitimately went "Uh uh-oh because (laughs) i knew jim was like yes like i just knew i was like oh i think it's just something in the atmosphere jim is upset like I, I just was like, you got to be kidding me! And also, too, let's let's be real here: the kid's not that good. No. Like, I I don't understand it. It is, it is. They're just pushing him because he has go away heat, and that's insane. And also, well, too, and,
3: they, and his
1: dad, Ray Mysterio,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And the only reason Ray Mysterio came back to WWE is so that his son could get a job in WWE. Make mm-hmm. no mistake about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yikes. <laughs> the, the fact too, what, what really annoys me about that whole thing too is like you took it off a guy who like was doing really well with the belt. He was doing some pretty cool things. Yeah, he's stuck in NXT. I like I like him a lot. Um, but why couldn't he lose to a legitimate person and then if you still want to have go away heat, Dom takes it off of that person. I feel like you just completely squashed Wesley. Mm-hmm. like why oh, what that's, was the point yeah. behind that
3: and it's
1: well i think it's it's the the more telling sign is is it's they're cl- like and i've heard this or not like i work there i've read <laughs> that they everyone there is so goddamn in love with the judgment day that i'm thinking finn Balor is gonna win the title and it's gonna be this judgment day reigns over everybody and i'm like oh, yeah. wow that that's all you got really you know like Mm -hmm. and it and it sucks it really sucks because you have I mean Finn Balor's amazing um you know I I don't like where I still don't understand why he's in the WWE fuck Raymond. I almost said fuck Ray Mysterio sorry (laughs) well I mean Priest I think is he's definitely getting better and coming a long way I liked him obviously better when he was Punishment Martinez and whatnot and Rhea Ripley is just a, a wow an amazing talent but like Look at what you're doing! Like this is so. It's just not. It, there's nothing exciting about it. There's not. It's like, is this like another iteration of the NWO or something? Like it just, I don't get it. And yeah, it, I hope it, not. they seem like they're all in on those guys. And it's I could see definitely where, because everybody's really fucking high on on um, Damian Priest. Um, you know, I so I could definitely see him if Finn wins it. I could see them building something behind that. Cause I've heard that the WWE is going back to Puerto Rico um, and all that. So it's, I, to me, the writing's on the wall, what they're doing, but it's just, yeah, it's just, Oh God. Oh. The only thing that I'll give dominant, like, I can't even believe I'm going to do, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to piss you guys off. I can, I, to me, I see it a little bit. I'm not saying it's, it, it makes him, you know, worthy of this and that. I just, I can see the resemblance I think it's kind of cool, but yeah, no, he sucks.
2: Wait, hold on a second. Now I'm intrigued. Were you just going (laughs) to seriously compare him to Eddie? I was the way. Okay. No,
0: no, 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 (laughs) no, no. The only answer there was no. I know. I know.
1: (laughs) know. I'm just saying, if you go back and look at a young, like not a young Eddie Guerrero, but when I, I hate to say this, but when Eddie was kind of struggling a little bit and he was just that kind of angry, it, there's just a little bit there. I know.
0: <laughs> Look at I think how just, big my eyes are, Mike. I know. Look at how big my eyes are right I'm, now. I'm not, I'm not
1: defending him. I'm just saying it gives me It gives me those kind of vibes is all I'm saying. Is he anywhere near that level of talent? Absolutely not. I'm just saying it just gives me that kind of vibe.
2: That's all. Other oh, no, than the, that, the, the, the vibe that I usually get from uh, from Dominic is that I have to go take a shit. That's my vibe <laughs> Like, Fair I, I don't want to squash, I don't want to squash your opinion here, Mike, and I love you dearly. But I don't, wow, that's man, so that that is shocking, even for you. Like, I'm just
1: saying, I'm, I'm not comparing him to as a wrestler, what?
2: I'm just saying his look. His okay, look man, reminds that's me that's of- fine. But give, give anybody a wrestler of his, of his size and stature and ethnicity, and give him a black mullet. You've got Eddie Guerrero. You can, anyway, you can just say, you can just say that, man. Like, just
3: you say, say you think all Mexicans look
0: like. Just say it, Mike. <laughs> what is You're like? friend. You can say it. God damn it. I, I knew I shouldn't have said anything. Son
2: of a bitch. You know, it's okay, Mike. We still love you. I mean, maybe. I
0: hope. So. Look, man, we're all trying to be better people. We get it. We're all a work in progress. Hate's a strong
2: word. Hate fuels hate, man. I get it. <laughs>
0: oh lord oh well tom
1: i think you, you can close this out with our clickbait but uh what what do you got
2: certainly not that <laughs> well, um no man i i really don't have too much i i did it was it's more of like discussion stuff um but but um i i don't know if you guys saw and i thought it was kind of cool and um punk uh punk going out to hug uh benoit son um yeah. I, I thought that was just really really cool uh that was last was i that? believe it was last saturday wasn't it
0: yeah it was last collision last, it was, it was last
2: collision i i i i feel for that kid so much i, I mean the dude has what a legacy he, uh what was he doing there, Ty, you, what he was just was sitting ringside he was just he sitting was just, ringside. because i
3: don't know they if they were in, in canada, canada right
0: dispute. collision's okay. been in canada like nonstop. Yeah, they well, they did a big tour through Canada. They were back in Connecticut this week.
1: Mm-hmm. It kind of lined up with Forbidden Door. They were well, that was like their big Canada debut and whatnot. So
2: Yeah, I just I just thought it was. I mean the kid's got such a horrible legacy behind him and and I think there's nothing more than what he wants to do is put it behind him. And I, I think it's cool that Khan gave him the spotlight of, you know, punk going out and giving him a hug. I, I just thought that was really sweet and just just I didn't really hear cool. About that. Yeah,
0: it's really they, cool. Well is they never acknowledged it on air. Oh, right? like, you know? no, David Benoit was sitting he was sitting front row. He was like right across from the hard cam.
3: Mm-hmm. So you
0: could see him throughout the night. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, one after after Punk's match with uh um uh Starkey baby. Yeah, Starkey baby. Uh yeah, he went out and and, and gave him a hug. Uh it was at the end of the Owen uh, Owen Hart yeah. Cup. Was two weeks. Oh, ago. Oh wow! Okay, uh, oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, it was two weeks ago. And, and, and yeah, and it's just and you're you're absolutely right, Tom. Like that kid is saddled with the worst possible, you know, uh, connection, and it's not his fault.
3: No, no, no. You know, it's not.
0: His, he looks so much like his fucking dad. Oh gosh, fitting so, um, image. He's, he's he's through the years he's you know kind of gone back and forth on the idea of entering the business Mm -hmm, right and you know like people like jericho i will give jericho this much credit jericho's been very supportive of him and has looked out for him you know punk giving him that hug and punk you know kind of acknowledging him was was really cool especially because i don't know if you guys remember this but that infamous weekend the the show that benoit missed benoit was supposed to wrestle punk punk I believe yeah. he was supposed to win the title too. Wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to yeah. win the ECW belt off of punk. So yeah. yep. uh no, I thought, I thought that was really cool too. I, I, I geeked out hardcore when I saw, I was like, it's fucking David Benoit." <laughs> yeah. Um
1: No, I didn't even notice. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to yeah. go back and check it out. Yeah. Cause I've, I've heard he's been wanting to get into the business, but again, it's that, Oh my God, I'm this guy's son. Yeah. And it's that, that sucks. That poor kid. Like I even remember, I think on dark side of the ring, Um, I feel bad because I don't know her real name but woman whoever Nancy Nancy thank you Nancy Benoit and whatnot her sister even was like went to David and was like you had nothing to do with this and like it it, it, they're very close from my understanding and I think a lot of that again to your point not to give you know the tub of yogurt um, that much credit is that he was he was very big on it as getting them together because I know he does the narration and whatnot but like so maybe he has some resemblance of a heart. I don't know, but it's just, it's that it sucks. It's I, I you definitely feel bad for that poor kid. Cause he did to, nothing
0: to quote my late father. The sun even shines on a dog's ass sometimes, right? <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't make it great. I, I, every once in a while, blind squirrel finds a nut. Broken clock is right twice a day on and on and on with these, but yeah. Yeah. Fair enough.
2: Jim, did your dad ever, ever say, uh, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining.
0: No, no, that was not, that was, that was way too tame. That was way too tame. tame. (laughs) Yeah. Way too tame. One of my favorites that I find myself quoting to my kids a lot is, uh, your alligator mouth is writing checks that your canary ass can't cash. (laughs) Uh, That's 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 the gem. I like that. (laughs) That's that. That's a good one. Uh, to oh. the cosmos, Poppy
2: Yeager. Well, speaking of that walking, uh, waterbed body. Um, <laughs> so Chris Jericho, um, has come out, uh, twice now and has hinted at wrestling, uh, a, a bushy. And I don't know if you guys have heard, there's a heavy rumor Going around that he's going to wrestle Will Ospreay at the, and I'm going to butcher it, Wimbledy? Wimbleding? Wimbledy? Wimbley Wimbley? Yes. Jesus Wembley. Christ. Um, really? Okay. The, hold on a, hold on a second. I didn't I really compare I Dominic Mysterio to Eddie Guerrero. So Whatever, I but I can at least this the fucking stadium, right? That's why not? Right? I, I screw up a name every once in a while.
3: I, 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 I get that all
2: it. the time. Every once in a while. So Wimbley. Wim, Wimbley? I, Wembley. Yep.
0: Yep. W- Wembley. Yeah. Like W-E-M? Wem? Yeah. No. Yeah. Wembley. Wembley. I, I thought it's no. Wembley. It's W-I-M-B-L-Y. W-E-M-B-L-Y. W-E-M-B-L-E-Y.
2: I might piss off a few people mispronouncing it. <laughs> you have pissed off an entire country with that statement. Okay.
0: <laughs> Whatever, man.
2: <laughs> anyways but i wanted to get what you got what what your thoughts on cuz i i know a lot of the wrestling community is like devastated that it's not going to be omega uh osprey 3 which it should be and i hope it is but and and cuz yeah. i i will again you know like uh jim's dad said about the dog's asshole uh, <laughs> he does a good job <laughs> at tricking He does a great job at like swerving the audience. And hopefully this is not, this is the case that he's like, not, not going to be a part of this, but I'm very worried because he gets his hands involved in things that he shouldn't. So gentlemen, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, Let's 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 talk about uh, a bushy first, and then Osprey second. So, what do you think? I think it's fucking terrible. To be honest with you, I was going to uh, say I can go, go like number
3: one
1: sucks, number two fucking sucks. You no, know, like one sucks. To your two point, really sucks. Yeah, right? well, no, I think to your point though, Tom. Like to it's, and I'm not by all saying I want to see Jericho and Osprey. There's, you need to have that better build, I think, for Will Osprey and Omega Three, and it just it, you can't go from like. Oh, we're one and one to three. Mm-hmm. You could make it work. I just think it's too fast, and it could actually ruin that relationship. I could see them doing it again at Wrestle Kingdom. I could see it doing. What is does AEW have a well, all in, I guess, or all out, whatever? That's their kind of. It seems to be their WrestleMania. So maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Like if if Omega causes some sort of interference or something. If if Will wrestles, God forbid, it's Jericho. But so I'm okay with not like a Kenny Omega Will Ospreay three because. I think when they need to meet again, that has to be you could you could easily make that a year of Osprey talking shit on the Indies, quote unquote, Rev Pro New Japan, and then you just have Kenny kind of showing up. I'd like that's what I I want to see. But Jesus Christ, to go back to your question, I, what does that do for Ibushi? What, what nothing, nothing. It does nothing. There's no fucking way he can even keep up with him. It doesn't make any sense. And will Osprey? Uh, what what does that do? Again, it's like it makes no sense. Like, sure, you might make some money, and that's what kind of. Not to get into a side tangent, frustrates me sometimes about the wrestling business is that it is a business, and they, you know, for the wrestlers to make money, for the company to make money, they need those big names. I get it, and I understand it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right, but that's where it just is. Like they're like, oh, this might be a good idea to draw seats and blah blah blah, and then it ends up being a terrible match that everybody talks about. So it's like just. No, it doesn't need to happen. It that's by final. it just, both of those matches do not need to happen. So Jim, I, I kind of feel it's the same, but I always love to hear what you have to say about that fucking tub of yogurt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably. <sighs> <laughs> Take your time. It's imbi- I just, I, I need to, I need to, I, cause what I really want to do is scream profanities, but I have children sleeping in the next room. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho versus Ibushi makes the least amount of sense to me because Ibushi has wrestled one match in AEW one, um, and it was part of the blood he, as part of the blood yeah. and guts match. And that was it. a little rough. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: yeah, it was <laughs> rough. It was, it was very rough. Uh, <laughs> it was not for, the, not for the weak of heart. Um, Ibushi doesn't gain anything from wrestling Jericho. But Jericho gets to say, I've wrestled Ibushi, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Um, the, it, it, it's it's a terrible matchup on paper because Ibushi's style, Jericho can't do. No. And Jericho's style doesn't do anything for Ibushi, right? That is a match that can only make Jericho look good and in no way, shape, or form make Ibushi look good. The, the the one saving grace of a Jericho Abushi match would be that Abushi does that like, I'm not selling anymore and I'm gonna smack the shit out of you spot that I love so much. Watching a bitch slap Jericho around the ring would make my fucking day. I would, I would, I would settle for that. But I would is Jericho would never go for it. Right. Now, Jericho versus Osprey, even s- super fucking dumb. Super fun because Osprey is, is the the beauty of Will Osprey is that the man can go between a high flyer and a technical Jericho's only style at this point is brawler. That's it. Right. Will Osprey isn't a brawler and shouldn't be a brawler. Mm -mm. Right. He shouldn't be a brawler. It's, it's not, that's not playing to his strong suit. If it was up to me, I would put Osprey versus Pac at Wembley.
3: Oh, right? yeah. that would
0: blow the fucking doors off
3: the place. Mm-hmm. With
0: those two British talents going against each other with phenomenal abilities, right? Now, keep in mind at all in, they've already sold more than 88,000 seats and there's still not a single match announced. We're less than a month away. Less than a month away. Now, here's my greatest fear, though, is that if they do did book Jericho versus Osprey, Jericho would try to take credit for that. Jericho 100%. would try to take credit for eighty eight thousand seats, even though they were sold before anybody had any fucking idea who was on the mind, on the card, uh, because his ego is just that fucking powerful. Is it, just that overwhelming uh, that it subsumes all logic and reality. You
2: you, uh, you actually brought that up not too long ago, too, didn't you? You were that was like the biggest. I mean, you've, you've been hitting the, hitting that point for a while now that, that, that's like, it seems kind of like, that's his goal to be like, look at me, look what I did. And it's like, uh, Hey
3: man,
0: he's at that stage of his career where he's trying to create a legacy, yeah. he's trying to build a legacy now. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be able like, I could, I know narcissists. I was married to one. The, the, the way that narcissists <laughs> think is I'm going to have a big ceremony one day, where I can go, look at all these things that I did. Aren't I wonderful? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he's doing at this stage of his career. Is one day he wants to be able to give a big speech where he goes, "I wrestled this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy." And never mind, they were shit. Never mind, they were terrible fucking matches. Oh yeah, right. Oh, but I stepped in the ring with the best. Yeah, and you got fucking embarrassed, right? You'll leave that part out of your speech. I bet you. But that's yeah. just that's just who Chris Jericho is, and it's depressing because i i fucking love jericho i used to love jericho yeah and yep. it's, it's just sad what he's become such a shell of his former self that uh, you know y- you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain well that is the fucking title that should be on chris jericho's tombstone <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I mm-hmm. compare, uh, unfortunately, with nostalgia and wrestling, it's it's like heroin. Like you first hear about Jericho, like when he first started doing this and he's making his run with like all these people, you're like, hey, this feels good. This is great. And then it's just a, a crash afterwards. You're like, oh, I don't. Why am I watching this still? It's it's, <laughs> it's horrible, man. It's just like, yeah, dude. Lionheart Jericho versus Naito back in the day, if we had a time capsule would be a banger, but like we saw it and he was the pain maker and he was out of breath and he looked miserable in the ring. Like I, I I can't stand, I can't stand it when people are like these dream matches and it's like, guys, they don't have the body to do this anymore. They don't have the energy because not because it's, they can't it's they shouldn't. And they're old. They refuse to admit that they're old and can't do this anymore. Like I, I granted, I, 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 it was kind of, as much as I love Bret Hart, it was still like, what are you doing when he was, he wrestled McMahon. And and you yeah. can use that loosely because he, he was very protected and very careful with what he did in the ring. But it's just like, why? Like, why do we need this? Like let, let pass the torch, be a coach and get on with your life no one's gonna fault you for that i just i don't understand he's i've said it time and time again he's got the whole Hogan ego of the business is gonna die if i don't have a death clutch around it like it's insane
3: well
1: and i think honestly and and hearing you say that tom kind of made me think of coining a new phrase it's like the like sting syndrome where it's somehow he I I still question I don't know how that man is over I I still don't get it and it's I know there's a lot of nostalgic love in wrestling but like my god I think even the last um the what was it the spot he did where he busted up his mouth real bad people were like dude what are you doing like Mm -hmm. let Darby do why are you what do you have to prove you're Mm -hmm. fucking you've some of my favorite matches with Sting were the Vader like you have nothing to prove at this point, like, s- stop it. And yeah. it's, I, I understand. And, and that's, I, it's not to go down this rabbit hole, but it's obviously a feeling that I won't understand that of that admiration of millions of people walking out your music, 60, whatever, you know, that's gotta be tough for sure. But at some point, like it's risk and reward and whatnot. And I mean, you're looking at not only having horrible matches, you're out of shape. You're this, I, Sting has yet to show his body. I'm not trying to blame him for that, but like there's a reason why. Um, and, you know, in a sport that is like, look at me, he's covered from head to toe all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not trying to body shame anybody and, and whatnot, but it's just, it just stop is, is again, like you talk, be a coach, be a mentor, you know, and stop with this like, hey, look at me. And I think, Which, what I was trying to get at with that is Jericho is just, oh man, Sting is still getting over. Clearly, I can get over and whatnot. Cause, like, you, Jim, I, huge Jericho fan. I will 100% solidly admit when he came out to Electric Head Part Two, I, I popped. I was like, oh my God, that's Lionheart Chris Jericho from fucking ECW. And that's what he used to use was that it was great. What a great moment. So, but like, it's just, I don't know, man. I, it just, he's clearly a narcissist, like you said, Jim. And it's just, it's, it's sad because i mean the jericho and he's it's, he's gone on and on like oh the jericho appreciation society and the inner circle they were terrible mm-hmm. like when factions like that's a, i'm not gonna re- fucking remember the. i'll remember some of the matches you had like the stadium stampede blood and guts him getting pushed off the cage by mjf like yeah i'll remember that but i'm not gonna fucking remember the inner circle or the jericho appreciation society like mm-hmm. please and the fact that he's weaseling his way into somewhat of a main event thing with this, because you 100% know he's going to join the Don Callis family. It, I feel like yeah. the writing's on the wall. Oh, yeah. But then even him, he's like, but he, now he's doing this like, well, am I, my baby face or am my... And it's just, please stop. For the <laughs> love of God, please stop. You should be... Kenosuke Takeshita is the future of the... One of many stars. You should be supporting him, not putting this on yourself. Like, go mm-hmm. fuck yourself, dude. So... I don't know. It, it, he just makes me so goddamn mad.
2: <laughs> uh, well, to, to, to round out my my clickbait here, um, <clears throat> and we can try to keep this brief because I'm sure it'll bleed over into matches of the week. But I am very confused as to what's going on with MJF and Adam Cole. Um, I was very adamant and pro this feud, and now I'm very confused. And maybe that's the point uh, because I, I know Jim and I we talked we, we talked about it uh, earlier this week. It's not if MJF is going to turn on it's when, but I I just don't understand the point of it because I feel like this is where I I want to back MJF. I love MJF. I think he's he's a fantastic talent, but I feel like we've we we keep seeing the same thing out of him with. I'm a nice guy. Just kidding. I'm a snake in the grass. And I just, I don't understand it. I, I mean, and also too, like are they also going to try to do a swerve and make MJF a baby face and Adam Cole, the, the heel out of all this, it's just, I don't want to say it's bad booking, but I'm not really enjoying it. So I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on it.
1: Oh man. I, sorry. I, I love it. I, I am 100% I, Cause I, I, Tom and I think you and I have talked about this too. Um, even outside of the group, uh, you know, is that that could definitely happen. Because I think Adam Cole could be a nasty heel. He's got Roddy with him, who could also be a nasty heel. Absolutely. But what you're looking at here, dude, to me, is classic Ric Flair. Is I actually just saw something where, I don't know if you remember this, Tom. I It was back in the day, obviously, where you're younger uh, and whatnot. But when, like, Ric Flair, it was like there was anima. It was kind of a, it was a re-envisioning. And I just saw it, and this is what makes me, uh, like, want to talk about it is it was another iteration of The Horseman where it was Flair, Arn, Brian Pillman, and, um, oh my God, why am I drawing a blank? Um, Who's the fourth? Arn? Maybe it was just when it was just the three, and I think they were still looking. Maybe that was when Benoit was coming in. But it was when everyone was was like, oh, he's in Stinger's corner, and Sting makes the hot tag to him, and Flair does his, like, he's in his khakis. So it's like this, like, I'm ready to fight, and I vividly remember this. And he does his like run against the ropes and he runs and he punches Sting right in the face. And the crowd goes, no, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. that is what I'm expecting. And I think these two are going to do it beautifully. And it it is very clear MJF and Tom, you and I, I, I'm kind of surprised you're, you're still kind of like, I'm not sure. Is because we talked about this where MJ, I mean, you can clearly tell MJF is hamming it up. And he again has that crowd in their pocket. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, he's going to turn. He's going to be a good guy and yada, yada, yada. That's what made Flair so good is that he could bounce between being, oh, you think I'm going to be Sting's partner? Nope. Guess I'm a snake in the grass. And I think that that's – I truly think that that's what they're doing here Um, because there's been, again, not in the business. I've just been reading a lot that they – like they're really hot on Adam Cole kind of being a baby face at this point Um, because he's always kind of been a heel. And and it seems like everything that they're doing is – you know, with the with the the what is it the AEW behind the scenes or whatever yeah. it is they like him and Britt were a big focus, especially mm-hmm. that he comes out gives this big speech. But then again, I could again to your point, Tom, I could see Adam Cole kind of turning and whatnot, and it'd be weird to make MJF a babyface. But I to me, this is a hundred percent screams Ric Flair. I'm gonna fuck like it's and when it happens, it's gonna be gnarly. It's and they it's just got to be the right time. So I don't know, Jim. I I'm really well, before, eager to before hear before your I your, throw it over
2: to Jim. Yeah is that I know Jim is, is a fan of, of great storytelling and I, I, we all are, it, it, but I know Jim appreciates it probably more than, than the two of us, Mike. The thing is, is that what's the difference between this and WWE? Because if you guys are, are you're, I'm not, I'm not defending WWE by any means, but one of the big complaints with the tribalism is that like, you know, like, Oh, WWE, this, AEW, that, and they compare a lot of the two, but like, we see a lot of very awful storylines that are very similar and the same in WWE. My question to Jim is, is how I guess what makes this story so compelling when it's been told multiple times already?
0: Well, I think what makes this compelling is what you two have already alluded to. And that is, we don't know where it's going. You think, you know, where it's going, but we don't, I mean, this is, that's the thing is this, this is, this is, uncharted territory in a lot of ways, because there's, there's either you come with the MJF heel turn that everybody knows is going to happen eventually. And it becomes just this absolute barn burner uh, of a, of a resolution, or you throw the swerve of all swerves and make Cole turn on, on MJF. And then it's like, what the fuck, you know? So i I'm also, like you said, Tom, very confused about where they're going, but that's what makes me excited is that I don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And so often, like, like Mike was saying, there's a lot of rehashing in wrestling, right? It's, it's a lot of the same stories being told over and over again. It's just, you just have to lo- watch for a long enough period of time and you'll see the same stories being used again and again. This is different. I don't know where this is going. And I really like that. Uh, I, I really like that. I, I will say that I don't like Adam Cole uh, in a tag team because I feel like it really limits his ability to perform. I um, he basically does like six moves in a tag team match over mm. and over again, okay. whereas in a singles match, I think he really blossoms and you really see a lot of his creativity come out. Um, I don't like Cole in a tag team, but where do they go from here? How does this resolve? I don't know, and I like that. It's been a long time since – I've watched a storyline in professional wrestling and not seen where it was going. Uh, and, and I, I'm kind of excited about that aspect of it. Interesting.
1: And, and I think to, to, you know, I, I don't know if we we can end on this and I think what to your point, Tom, what helps make the story is the performers, um, you know, and, and there's definitely good writing. I'm not saying so like to go to WWE, I'm not saying Roman is a good wrestler. Um, he's it's there's definitely some story behind it but i mean but jay jimmy they're they are they they have some talent because obviously they got to where they were uh and whatnot so i think that's the thing too we have to take into consideration is why just they're performing you know and it's mjf and adam cole are like the, two of the best and whatnot so i think it just adds to that myster- like man wait a minute these both of these guys are typically heels one of them's good now and I, I, I'm with Jim I think it's great but to me in my just world of professional wrestling to me it just feels like it's an MJF turn at some point and it's mm-hmm. just they're 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 gonna have to build to it and it's like to me they're they're doing it because they've already done the like where he's Adam grabbed the belt or was looking at the belt and he's like what were you doing and he's like ah, I'm just kidding And he, you know he, that that's fucking Ric Flair just screams Ric flair to me and they're doing it really really well so i don't know that's just my two cents but.
2: well i hate it no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh no no i just i'm I, I love listening to you guys um i just love listening to you guys talk about it so
0: oh, you. oh
1: you're so sweet no i i love it like i think it's great like i love the like you know the dual shut up Shut up, Shivani is the double clothesline. It's just, it's hokey, but it works because these two guys are doing it very well. And that's, you know, so I can see where your frustration is. It's like there's definitely some hokeyness to it and whatnot, but it's it's all leading up to something really, really good. And you just, you kind of got to trust the
2: process. See, that, like I, <clears throat> that's, that's why I, like I, I was comparing WWE and AEW is like the dance off. I feel, which, <laughs> was amazing by the way but i feel like Caitlin
1: loved it she thought it was pretty funny
2: but to play devil's advocate i feel like if that was done in wwe people would shit all over it
1: yeah it's a di- because it's a different it's a different product that's exactly the, it's they're two very <laughs> that's the hard thing with aew a- a- is i think we've talked about this all the time is wwe is an entertainment company that dabbles in wrestling and aew is a wrestling company that dabbles in entertainment Hmm. and it's it that's the way I've always viewed it and I am a fan of professional wrestling I'm not a fan of entertainment dabbled with professional wrestling. <laughs> I don't like, like
3: fun that's why I like I'm wrestling,
1: wrestling. Yeah. I <laughs> hate fun well no but I think that that's why like you AEW can get away with a dance-off because yeah, they're good. not gonna have a fucking dance-off every week like WWE would it's a one-time thing they're building off of what Daniel and look at what it does for Daniel Garcia everybody's talking about it you're talking about daniel garcia so even daniel garcia wins
3: <laughs> that is fantastic. i think it's great
1: i love it like i yeah. love that little hip thing it gives him a little bit more character and it shows that okay he's a damn good wrestler i love daniel garcia but it also gives him a little bit of character like okay if you're given the fucking the strap or whatever you know the push you can still be entertaining as well that's why i love AEW so much is it's a professional wrestling company that dabbles in entertainment and it's yeah. it's great and that's what not to go back to Jericho, and that's what pisses me the most. Like he's trying to make it an entertainment company. It's not. Stop trying to fuck with the. Sorry,
0: I'm
1: not <laughs> want him back. Boy, God,
3: <laughs>
0: I, I think uh, your your point is well taken, Tom, because you're absolutely right. If if that was if that was WWE, we'd be like, what the fuck. But I think Mike is absolutely correct too, and and that. In WWE, a dance-off would be followed by a squash. Yeah. In yeah. AEW, a dance-off is followed by a good match, right? And and you're not seeing it every week. And because it's different, that's what makes it stand out. Remember when R-Truth and Carmella, that was their fucking gimmick for week in, week uh, out, was yeah. a dance battle, <laughs> right? That's the difference. Yeah, is that, true, like, true. In WWE, it's what's going to make Vince McMahon pop. Right. And AEW, it's what's going to work for right now. It's not a long term thing. Right. It's, it's, it, it made sense in that match, but they're not going to be doing it every fucking week. It's not their thing. And so I, I I think you, you, your point is, is valid. But I also think that once you dig into it a little bit, it's like, "Mm," you know, there's a difference between, there's a difference between chicken salad and chicken shit. Yeah. Both, both come from chicken. Yeah, both come from chicken, but with slightly different results.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, the thing uh, is, okay. I, I guess what I'm I'm really getting at is is you all made fun of me for fandango and I'm holding a grudge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Of the week, or match of the since we last recorded, more appropriately. Uh, I think I, I, I don't know. I going into this, I thought this was going to be a unanimous vote, but it seems like from our, our pre-record discussion, maybe not. Uh, for me, uh, I think blow out of the water. I think hands down, obvious uh, answer is the two out of three tag team title match between FTR and Bullet Club Gold. Uh, the Bang Bang Gang, baby. Uh, I fucking love that match. It was so fucking tight. Uh, One of the things I loved about that match was you could see how much fun they were having. You could tell that they all were in the moment and loving it. None of them phoned it in. All four of them were enjoying and knowing they were putting on a great fucking show. I love that FTR had to bring out the big guns. They had to, you know, go above and beyond and, and do everything they could. I, I love the drama of the build in all three matches. I, I just, I, it was just so beautifully done. You know, it's been, the praises have been sung over and over again in the last two weeks, you know, best American tag team match of all time, uh, best televised tag team match of all time on and on and on. The praise just keeps coming. And I think well-deserved
1: hundred percent. And I think, um, I don't know. Um, I definitely want to hear Tom's what you have to say about it, but, um, I, and I thought I texted this as a group. I'm not really sure, but, um, they, from what I understand, they called that match in the ring. Jeez. Um, there was, they had some producer notes, you know, as, and I think even the, the producer, what I was like, huh? Like it it wouldn't have all thought who, and Jim, I'll I'll let you say who it was here in a second, but that's, and to go an hour on live TV on a national, like un, unreal. And it, it, uh, I clearly speechless. Um, and it, it just, it, the storytelling, the, you know, again, to Jim's credit, the, like the, they nonstop, you know, or they not nonstop. Um, it was nonstop, but they had to pull out all the stops etc. Um, you know, they did the I don't know what it is the Briscoe's used to do, but it's the the um like razor's edge into the neck breaker. They pulled that out when he was like, 'cause I was like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh, that's the Briscoe's, you know. So like great storytelling. And Jay White kicking out at the last second. And to me, I, I mean, obviously, I just I love a good heel. I also really love Jay White. Um, I thought that match made him look just that great and how great of a star he is, but also Juice fucking Robinson. To me, that made it seem like the WWE went, whoops, Mm -hmm. whoopsie doodles. We shouldn't have let him go and whatnot. But the thing that made it for me was at the end was the handshake and Jay White just spits and walks out. And I'm like, oh, yes, like they're going to keep it going. They're still establishing Jay White as just like, fuck, like just this heel. It's great. And I, I can't say anymore. It was quite possibly one of the best matches I've ever seen. 100% 100% Tom what do you, or uh, Jim I guess so do, do, who is the producer of this man? well
0: I, I I actually I want to see I want Tom to say the name of the producer for two reasons one I want to know if he can remember and two I desperately want to hear him try to pronounce it
2: <laughs> uh, I know the last name is Davari.
0: ah look at that You're 50% uh, first name,
2: <laughs> is it oh man uh, Aria.
0: Oh, look at that. Holy shit. Wow. Look at you, Tom. Wow. So, Tom is apparently okay with saying Arabic names, just not Hispanic names. (laughs) So, now we know the exact flavor of Tom's ethnocentrism.
1: Well, Uh, I was going to say, boy, the Smith brothers tonight are really shitting on the Hispanic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I apologize to our Latino.
0: brothers. you you thinking? Think about all of the talent they have backstage at AEW. Think about all the producers they have. And the last person I would have expected to be in charge of that match, fucking Arya Divari. But <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works. And god damn did it work. And believe it, well, it's
1: just the point that like his his, his brother, um, Ari Divari has a wrestling school with um Ken Sean Kennedy. Daivari. Sean I'm sorry, Sean. Well, no, it's well, he went by Ari, right? No, Aria is the one that it's in AEW. I, I swear to God, I thought he went by Ari Devary at some point. I swear, it was never Sean. I thought like when he, he was, was with, in
0: WWE, like, he was just Devary.
1: Oh, was and it then just, okay. in TNA
0: he was Sean Divari. Okay,
1: I just thought, I thought it was because I thought it was Aria and Ari Davari. like mm-hmm. they were. That's okay, that my mistake. But yeah, again, but they clearly have a, a knowledge for this business. Obviously, if they're tra- and I uh, from what I've heard, Kent the school that him and Ken Kennedy have together are it's like one of the best it up in Minnesota so yeah, yeah no i don't know but tom what do what are your thoughts on the match
2: uh well uh definitely my match of the week also um i would actually even say it, it's it's quite a contender for match of the year for me um it, like yeah to second everything you guys said that that match was unreal it was so good um mike i couldn't agree with you more i think honestly Um, We know, we know FTR and we know Jay, Jay White. I think the real, the real um, star of the match to me was how good juice, juice Robinson is Uh, even, even when he was, what I can't even remember. I think what what was his name? Like CJ Parker or what was his name? CJ Parker in NXT. And I, you know, Hey, sometimes, sometimes things just don't work out and you have to go try, try your stuff elsewhere. And I think, Going to New Japan was one of the greatest things he's ever done for his career. Um, He's the wild unhinged guy. I love that character. I think he's hilarious. Um, And I I think honestly to not to table the discussion of the match, I think it's, it's safe to say that FDR is not only the greatest tag team of our generation, but they're damn near close to being the greatest tag team ever. Uh, Mm. Those guys are I mean, can they even have a bad match at this point? It's I I think it would be more interesting to see them try to do that than have like banger after banger. Those those guys are so good at what they do that solo together. They're just one of the best tag teams I've ever seen. And it is just an absolute joy watching those guys. I, I can't say enough about that match. I it was it just blew blew me away
1: yeah for an hour on national television an hour on national line.
2: television i think that was that's just insane phenomenal yeah.
1: i think it was like i think that i thought the clock did it what it and i could be wrong cuz i've heard i thought it was 55 minutes but then i've also heard it was like an hour and 3 minutes jeez
0: so, i heard it, 58 58 okay. is what i thought but but still
1: like to <laughs> go that a that's a long time and then, and then to go that hard at the end of the match when they were doing like shot for shot and pin for pin on unreal
2: the double sharpshooter dude that was so good mm-hmm. and then J, like jay like and that's that's another thing that's another great thing too is like jay is so masterful at work, working the crowd like i think jay is a very underrated like i mean I, yeah. I guess underrated is not the the right word but i think underappreciated because just how good he could it when he when he just like reversed it into the sharpshooter and just they just started it was like on cue just booing them like it was just ah, so good
1: oh (laughs) it was it was great no he he it it seems like ever since he's gotten that goatee beard thing that it's like he reminds me of a heel terry funk and without the maybe like more hardcore aspect of it but uh, he's just oh my god he's so great to watch and he's still like i think 28 yeah, he's young. 28, 29. He's not even 30 Either. yet. Right. Yeah. It's unreal. Like it's and he's wrestling like that. Unbelievable.
0: What about you, Mike? What was your match of the week? Yeah, so
1: definitely I'm not taking anything away from that match. To me, too easy. It was I knew I'm not saying I knew going <laughs> into it. No, no. I just easy again idiots. to the point. Losers. <laughs> 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 no, it was Fucking I mean casuals. <laughs> With FTR, you you're guaranteed to get I mean, you're to your point, Tom, is I've never been like, oh, FTR is wrestling this, this is gonna go bad. It's always gonna be good. Even if it's not the greatest matchup, even if it's if it's cash singles, if it's Dax singles, they still somehow always manage to put on a good match. It's they it's it's like Bret Hart. It's the old saying is like I I I've always heard this attributed to Bret Hart, where it's like he could wrestle a broom and make the broom look good. And <laughs> it's just so no, and it's and, and I think that's a that's a huge fucking compliment to FTR is the fact that they can get in the ring with anybody and make anybody look good. Yeah, and they happen to have two guys that are really also really good and up and coming. It it's money in the bank. Um, so that's why I didn't pick it. I mean that it great match. It deserves everything that you guys are talking about, but just in the spirit of you know our podcast match of the week et cetera. Um, I went a little differently. And I really, really, really loved the um, Nick Wayne and uh, Swerve Strickland match. That was my match. Wow. Um, I I was, because I had heard, I've heard so much about Nick Wayne. And it's like, he's 18. And I'm like, okay, the hype train. And that guy got in there and looked pretty much like a seasoned professional. I was kind of surprised that he um, took the loss. I actually thought they'd make him win, but having him lose is even better. Um, you're getting into a long-term booking with one of the best, um, who's also continuing to rise and also who I think the WWE went whoopsies with Swerve Strickland. And I think he is from, he is going to start having a really big breakout, um, this year, but that was, so that was my match of the week was the Nick Wayne, his debut, um, and against Swerve Strickland. It just, I thought it was good storytelling. Um, you know the fact that they're building up that he's like a, a third generation wrestler. If I know, I know he's for sure second generation. His dad is was Buddy Wayne. If I'm, I think it's Buddy mm-hmm. Wayne, um, longtime trainer, big time presence in the. It's he was a big. He was definitely a territory guy. Um, and they were very big in the Pacific Northwest. That so those guys all roll together. Um, and Swerve has had he's wrestled Nick Wayne. Um, I know Jim. I think you said like I think you sent a picture of him holding Nick Wayne's like head up when he's bloody and it's so they have history. But again, it just shows how good swerve is. And it shows that this kid is probably, he's worth the hype. Cause I was like, Yeah, he's 18. I don't know. Like, or well, no he was offered a contract when he was 16 and he oh, couldn't, geez. he couldn't do it. Yeah. And he has, he has had a lot of people be like, no, this, this kid's the real fucking deal. And to me that showed it that he was able to get there his first time on live television against already a seasoned vet it, it was great i thought there were definitely some hiccups for sure um and whatnot but oh man i thought they told the story beautifully to so, so jim's credit we've got great storytelling because they know there's a history there and he really that, that his entrance everything just really impressed me and <laughs> he definitely has some work to do but i could i think he's in the right place and i could we're going to be talking about him at some point in the future hands down and so that's why i picked it as my match of the week it was just it it, the kid's worth the hype and (laughs) i think we're gonna see some really really great things from him i really do and it just it they worked well together again i was shocked at the you know because usually debuts win uh you know and they put a big package around that that's a lot of fucking pressure and responsibility 18 years old and i thought he handled it really really well and i'm really i'm not I, I think it's cool that he's, you know, with Darby Allen and whatnot and all that, but like I it's I'm really excited to see where he's gonna go, is is what I'm trying to get at. And I the kid's worth the hype. So I don't I don't know if you guys saw the match or you know have heard about Nick Wayne, but mm-hmm. it it just really actually I was pretty blown away by that match. And that's why that's my match of the week. Mm-hmm. I it and again, not saying FTR and 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 the bang bang gang was bad. It was just I knew it was gonna be great. I knew I wasn't expecting an hour. That's for fucking sure. But when I was like, I know where this is going, it just, it, it wrote itself. So it was, it was already going to be great before I knew it was going to be great. So I just, I knew I wanted to focus on something a little different, but did you guys see the match, Nick Wayne and Swerve? And and, what'd you guys think? Like, what do you think? We all know Swerve's great, but what did you think of Nick Wayne? I mean, somebody from, you know, kind of coming an unknown who's a kid, (laughs) really a kid and, does this. So really interested to see what you guys have to say, Tom, what do you, what are your thoughts?
2: No, I mean, I, I don't know much about him. Um, I, I think he looks great. I, I, am a little surprised to hear that you were surprised that he lost. I think it was very fitting. Um, I, I, you know, I think, you know, we talked about it earlier, the, 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 the bloated roster and all of that and right. I, I, the only, and I, I, you know, I agree and disagree with that too, because, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons, but I also think that like, he's another dude that I could, I worry about getting just kind of lost in the shuffle. Um, I'm I'm glad uh, not to like name anybody else, but I'm glad AR Fox is getting the, 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 the push finally. Um, because I was, I was concerned that he was getting, you know, lost in the shuffle, but that's beside the point. Um, no, I think he looked really good. I, I don't know much about him. Um, I didn't know that he, like, the whole, him being 16, he looks great. Uh, and I, I agree with you, Mike. I I definitely don't think it was match of the week worthy per se, but, uh, I mean, I respect you for picking it. But, like, I I, I think, I do also think, too, that, that giving him swerve off the bat uh, was good and bad. Uh, good as in yes, you've got two two guys that know each other really well. I think Swerve is, uh, and I hate to say it, a little better than that. That he should be getting more, like he shouldn't be getting right. paired up with people who are, are watching the TV going, wait, now who is this guy? Um, right.
1: I see what you're saying,
2: but I I do I did I like the match. I have no I have no problems about the match. I think it was great. Um, I, to 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 speak on Swerve a little bit, I love that like split kick he does where he. Oh. I, it, it makes me pop every time I watch it. He did it to Darby off the stairs. I just love that. Um, so, yeah, no, a good pick. Definitely a great pick. Uh, but I, I don't know too much about him enough to, like, carry carry on. So, Jim, what, what do you think?
0: Well, first of all, I'm surprised that Tom was surprised that Mike was surprised. Uh, because <laughs> I like that. I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, Wait, I, I, surprised, surprised? I'm, I'm confused.
2: confused. <laughs> but I'm surprised you're surprised Mike was
0: surprised that I was surprised. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised that you were surprised that Mike was surprised. Uh, I, I, no, I did see the match. I thought it was a solid match. And I will say that I, one of the things that I really like about AEW, um, uh, that I think makes them a better, uh, professional wrestling company than WWE is that they take into account the history of these guys. I thought it was brilliant to put him in a program with swerve because they have that history. They have that chemistry. They know each other. It's the kid's first time on national television. You're putting, you're rolling out this package about him ahead of time. You better make sure that he's going to have the best possible start. Put him in there with a guy like swerve who look, you know, like you guys were saying, swerve's going to make anybody look good but especially somebody who, who he knows, you know, yeah, um, I, I think that Swerve and Darby and, and Wayne all have that history together being Northwest guys, they have familial history together. Uh, you know, I, 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 think it's smart to put the, the, those three in a program together. Uh, it's a good way to get this kid's career off and running. You know, for me, Nick Wayne reminds me both in terms of looks and in terms of style of uh, uh junior heavyweight will osprey right you you look at the beginning of will osprey's career same body type as as nick wayne very similar style to nick wayne and when osprey fought nick wayne not too long ago osprey said this kid's good you know osprey kind of gave him the rub and you know was was acknowledging this, this fucking kid's got a got a bright future um i i would love to see nick wayne follow a similar progression you know, spend those years as a junior heavyweight, you know, create that style, create that buzz. And then, you know, it happens to all of us, some of us more than others. But as we get older, we get bulkier. As we get older, we can put on more weight We can put on more muscle. I'd love to see him kind of progress that way. Uh, so long as he maintains a safe approach to that kind of high flying style that he does. Because, yeah, at the moment, he's very he is He's a very scrawny kid. He's not a big guy, but that's okay. You know, you can play that to your advantage, and then bulk up later in your career and and have a great run. Again, a la, a la will Osprey. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. I thought, uh, you know, I like your reasoning, Mike. That it's not so much the match as it is the 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 beginning of something to come, and mm-hmm. I think that's something worth Definitely. pointing out. Definitely.
1: No, and that's and to your point, Jim. Like when I was what—that's what again pushed me more towards the match of the week was I was like, "Holy shit!" This—he reminds me of Will Asprey, like of that that kind of progression. And like I said, I hundred percent think we're going to be talking about him. In the future. Absolutely. to think, cause I know we've done, you know, it's been a while since we've talked about a spotlight. It's, I'm trying to figure out it, it, like, you know, we've done the, you know, word association. I've given you some things. So I, the best I can do, and I hope you guys don't guess it is the, the best I came up with is kind of the word association, but trying to find words that doesn't give this, this individual away immediately is yeah. slightly tough. So I'll try it here. Um, so I'll start with, I'm going to do three. And my first one is brother, Kerry and (laughs) Cross. God damn it! No, Uh, the 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 brother brother is 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 number one. Oh no! Uh, Number two is. uh, I I feel like this is this is going to give it away. Chainmail. The third
3: beefcake. Oh my!
1: No way. And the
0: third is uh, amateur wrestling. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Still going still going with is that it, one. Are you is it seriously Scott Steiner? Scott Steiner? <laughs> of course it's Scott Steiner. <laughs> it's, of course it's Scott Steiner.
2: I felt like we we haven't wow. had we haven't had
1: one in a long time. I don't know where this came from but I went we need to talk about Scott Steiner. We do need uh, to talk uh, about yes.
0: Who would have guessed that Scott Steiner would end up being the least problematic of the Steiner brothers? Right. By the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, because
1: it was interesting because I was thinking it's I am going to do my best to not mention him, his brother, yeah. um, after his wonderful fucking transphobic tirade. After against trying a piece of
0: shitness. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think it was Giselle Shaw,
0: wasn't it? I, yeah. Was it Giselle Shaw? Or I was think it was or sunny kiss i'm not sure i can't remember no, it, was, it was it was it definitely wasn't sunny yeah it wasn't okay sunny.
1: yeah anyway he's a piece of shit and i will try to refrain from talking about him but yes listeners of the podcast we are talking about quite possibly one of the most polarizing and quite frankly one of my favorites it's just yeah. you can't deny the impact that scott steiner has had on this business so hopefully gentlemen you're, you're you've as I go through this, I hope some stuff keys up because I was doing a little bit of digging before this and I found some stuff that is just absolutely hysterical. And I just, I'm really excited to talk about this
0: <laughs> world renowned mathematician. So oh,
1: we, we will cover, we will cover <laughs> Steiner math. Don't get me wrong. So to give everybody a little bit of background on this guy, uh, Scott Steiner uh, was a, a really, for the first I would say good portion of his career kind of lived um I don't know how to not his gimmick but you know was very true to. he was from Michigan he went to Mm -hmm. University of Michigan he was a wrestler uh his uh not much named brother was also a wrestler (laughs) uh and I didn't know this so he was born in Bay City Michigan in 1962 um he was actually a what is considered a folk style wrestler and guess how much he weighed at this time
2: 90 pounds he was
1: doing, I, you're i'm gonna got go 120 some, you've got some of the numbers right 190 pounds if if anybody in the, the wrestling business knows scott steiner and trying to imagine him at 190 pounds <laughs> makes absolutely no fucking sense He steiner's uh, a
2: clean 320
1: <laughs> 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 and the, the, half of that is a steroid weight which oh, yeah. we'll also we'll be getting into <laughs> so So I I Boy Tom I'm I'm kind of here with you on this. So obviously his real name is not Scott Steiner. It's Scott Rechsteiner? Steiner, Reck Steiner. Rex Steiner. So obviously it came from, you know, uh, uh, his real name, but digging into this guy, he he has he's done quite a lot, believe it or not. And what's baffled me the most is how the fuck he got there? <laughs> he he seriously tom he i think at one point i'm looking at this here um a one-time wwa world heavyweight champion a one-time wcw world heavyweight champion a one-time wwc universal heavyweight champion he was i believe he is the eighth wcw triple crown champion he him and his brother held the new japan tag team titles like it's Mm -hmm. reading this i'm like that doesn't make any sense like tag team for sure but like some of the singles gold that he's gotten just doesn't make any sense because of who this man is so (laughs) he his early career um he was uh, trained actually and I didn't know this primarily by uh Jerry Graham uh and the Sheik uh I did not know he was trained by the Sheik which I'm like yeah right so geographically
0: that makes sense
1: it does because the Michigan area, yeah. you know, that's, and I think who else did he, uh, Rob Van Dam. Yeah. And uh, Sabu, they were all from Michigan. Sabu. Yeah. No, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he, he was a collegiate wrestler, uh, at the university of Michigan. Um, and like most wrestler, most amateur wrestlers, I, I, I most want to say, cause I mean, it is kind of professional at that yeah. point. So it, it clearly Gable Stevenson, fuck him too, but a lot of like Kurt Angle, uh, Steve Blackman, a lot of these guys that have Chad had Gable. wrestling, Chad Gable have had wrestling backgrounds, um, have transitioned into wrestling. So that's what he does naturally. So really, where he starts out and really makes his name um, is is again with his brother. It's it's hard to talk about it, it. This is my struggle. It was like it's hard to talk about Scott Steiner without talking about the Steiner brothers. I just don't want to talk about his brother because he's a fucking piece of shit. But so he and they were primarily a tag team and which we'll we'll get to when they kind of split up. But they started with WCW. To me, it was the Steiner brothers and Scott Steiner screamed WCW. Um, and I actually didn't know this, that um, they as the Steiners moving throughout their career, they wrestled for ECW. They actually did do a one to two year run with the WWE, um, New Japan. So they've been around. But I always, for some odd reason, go back to WCW. Yeah. Uh, so WCW was their home from uh, was a, Scott's home with his brother from 1989 to 1992, very early nineties kind of wrestling, still very territorial, et cetera. Nothing. I mean, nothing really big here. You know, they're wrestling on Saturday night. Uh, uh, I think it was what shotguns, not shotguns, no, Saturday, Saturday night main night. event, Saturday night main event in WCW. And they're up against a lot of tag teams. See so the Hollywood blondes, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. Uh, there was some stuff with Buff Bagwell when I think he was at that point. The,
0: the American Males, baby. The American Males. Yeah. American Males. Biggs.
3: American, American
2: males. males. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, they
1: don't make teams sounds
2: like they used to, fellas. Uh, they
1: don't. So, it's in, so, again, WCW, at some point, you know, they're going to get better. And this is, again, I didn't know. So, they did go to the WWE for about two years. It's really actually hard to find those matches. Um, i'm sure they're on you know the the network or the peacock or whatever the fuck it is they're on there i didn't actually know this but he was he- they, the steiner brothers both uh specifically scott was heavily recruited by pat patterson and bruce pritchard that they were going to bring him in for the 1993 royal rumble win that main event and go on to win the title at wrestlemania 9 wow um, Whoa. Newman, right yeah i was like what they were already, and Vince McMahon was like, yeah, no. And it's kind of funny to think about because I'm like, oh, my God, did he make their, I can't believe I'm saying Vince McMahon made the right decision. But I, could you imagine Rick Steiner at the, in the early to mid-90s as their world champion? Like, It like doesn't compute. But I guess they were super, super high on him. And I, I had no idea.
2: What, at that know, time, like, and, uh, sorry, Mike. At that time, no, he yeah. had to have been, what, in his like tw- early 20s?
1: Maybe, let me see. Well, so he was born in 62. So, yeah, he would have been... At 90, he was
2: 30s. Oh, okay.
1: 30s. But it's so right about there. But, like, the fact that Pat Patterson and Bruce Pritchard were so high on him... Yeah. ...that wow. they wanted him to win the Rumble, to go to WrestleMania, to win the title. And I'm trying to think. Let me see see if I can... Very surprising. Who was in that? That was... That was during the Hogan era. Yeah. I was going to say that was definitely Hogan era. I'm trying to see who them I believe Bret Hart was in that but
0: oh is that the the Steiner brothers were on
1: that card they fought the head shrinkers that was Hulk oh that was the one where Yokozuna beat Bret Hart with assault and then Hogan comes out so that oh my god could you imagine that (laughs) so great it gets better folks believe me stay with me here so after WWE they're there for a couple years that's when they go to I didn't know this either is I, well, I knew they were in New Japan, but they go to New Japan for like four years yeah um, and I believe in this time is when Scott Steiner is using what is known as the Steiner screwdriver. Oh God which is <laughs> still I, the scariest I, fucking move I scariest I've ever seen goddamn
2: move I've ever seen. So try and,
1: I'll try and explain this to anybody that's listening, but it's essentially like it's he starts off with a suplex spins them in midair to like a jumping sit down pile driver screws him it's insanity it's in in new japan hits hard and there's a couple of clips in new japan where i i'm like oh my god i think he just killed
0: that guy well contextual (laughs) put it in a context for a second right the 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 you're right it's a it's a stalling suplex lift and then he ends the move with a sit down tombstone (laughs) which is the move that paralyzed Steve Austin. Okay. <laughs> so think, like like just doing it regular with control is, is fucking horrifying and dangerous, but no, we're going to take the only safe part of the move out of it by lifting you up from a fucking suplex position into that.
1: Right. Well, and also not to mention, Jim, you, you said two words, uh, regular and what was the other one? Uh, uh, Dean or um you said something regular and something else which Scott Steiner is none of so the fact that you're putting that trust yes safe there you go is Jesus Christ because if you he also at the time and there are there are videos of this that is hysterical of him doing this like fireman's carry and he would flip backwards and half the times he was dumping his own head on the canvas It's hysterical. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. So it's like he was trying to be this like weird (laughs) cruiserweight, like yeah, I don't know. But so he ends up doing that. So this is between ninety one and ninety five. So it's kind of interesting that that kind of bunts butts up against the the WWE. So because it sounds like the WWE at one point was actually okay with their talent going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very interesting. So 95, they actually had a really, really short stint. I mean, this is like blink and you miss it with ECW. Um, I think it was just ECW trying to grow, bring in names. Hey, Snyder brothers that their whole vibe did not fit with anything in that pro- And rightfully so it just didn't fit. And they were gone before you knew it. Jim, I know you're a massive ECW fan and you watched a lot of that stuff um, back in the day. Do you you have anything that like- Oh, I fucking
0: loved it. I love, because it was, it was, you got to remember ECW, you're right. They were bringing in big names to try and build credibility, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, for fuck's sake, they had Arn Anderson in ECW for a hot minute. So yeah, the Steiners in ECW was hilarious to me because they're going up against teams that you're like, wait, what the fuck is happening right now? Because the, <laughs> the Steiner's are just, just destroying these guys who were not, <laughs> just not at that level. Uh, and, and yeah, Scott especially really kind of, like, that's, where, like, I in my head over and over and over again is a loop of Scott Steiner hitting, like, throwing a guy into the ropes and then hitting a Frankensteiner and, like, jumping up and doing a... You know, it was like pumping his oh, arms. Oh yeah. 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 Cause he just <laughs> he would he would fucking nail the Frankensteiner, uh, you know, which we now call a Hurricane Rana, but he would nail the Frankensteiner so often in ECW um and just really got the crowd pumped for it.
2: Didn't didn't they legit have like beef with Public Enemy?
0: Yes. Right? As was as everyone what? did.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, who didn't? Yeah. But I, I know, like Steiner has, he's like spoken out about how he just basically was like, I, I can't stand those guys. Yeah,
0: most most need- people felt that way about Public Enemy. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was going to say neither did Bradshaw and Farouk, and uh, yeah. <laughs> we all know what happened there. Um, but oh my god, yeah, just it very interesting pairing. I, th- I thought with ECW. So right around this time, that's when they go back to WCW. Uh, So now you have the Steiner brothers and WCW, but it's the mid nineties. We're now in, or I'd say mid to late nineties. And now we're getting into NWO territory. So um, very, very vividly. Remember the Steiner brothers being the the WCW flag bearers carrying that flag and just being just bananas ass crazy. Um, And so I think with, I I don't know if he was dropped on his head. Maybe he was doing that flipping reverse fall away slam and he just, fucking land on his head too many times but i do remember it being kind of a surprise is we get this is really i think the catalyst of scott steiner becoming scott steiner um because he he ends up turning on his brother uh it's a it's a pretty good it's a it's a decent match i think they're in the
0: they're
1: in the ring with the outsiders and they do the um the the classic Rick runs around him and then comes under his leg, and that's when he he jumps down on his back and turns on him, and the crowd goes crazy. And it it was a g- g- great great moment, but again, I think also cemented the start of what Scott, who, the Scott Steiner we know was born. I think big at that pump. moment, the big bad booty daddy, <laughs> absolutely. Which we'll also get into. So I didn't know if you knew this, but so Scott Steiner goes through a heel turn. And also at this time, he starts noticeably getting bigger and bigger and bigger, <laughs> like to the point where you're like, that's fucking disgustingly like you it look like weird. he had
0: softballs under his skin. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. you look
1: weird. So there, in,
0: we'll,
1: we'll get to this in a second. But there was a lot of steroid accusations um, and probably <laughs> likely very true. Um, which again, we'll get to here in, nah. in just a bit, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if you guys do this, but when he first went heel, he obviously cut his mullet. He had a very signature mullet, Fantastic um, and, mullet and loved it. Um, one of the things I forgot to, I totally forgot to mention in when, uh, the Steiner brothers were feuding with, uh, NWO. So Scott Steiner, the Steiner brothers, whatever, this is obviously a Scott Steiner focused uh, uh, spotlight is they have the most bananas ass promos I think I've ever seen. And if you haven't seen when the NWO is like chasing after the Steiner brothers in their Mercedes and they run them off a road and they crash. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. And the NWO is like, oh, my God, we got to get out of here. And they basically leave the scene of a murder. It's like you see the car like flip this Mercedes and it's Scott driving. And he's got, of course, the leather like backwards, like little derby. Cap. It's just it's classic great 90s. But oh, it's so again, good. it's the start of just this bananas ass promos where it's like, oh, cool. These two guys just committed vehicular manslaughter and, you know, left the scene of the crime. It's just great. If you haven't seen it.
0: I don't know if you know the story about that, that particular vignette shot. The Steiners were notorious for fucking with people on the road where they were, there's so many like sting sting has great stories of, for example, they would be like on the road, they'd be traveling, you know, traveling down the road. If they saw another car with wrestlers, Scott would be driving The other brother would hang out the passenger side window, reach into the other car and jerk the wheel. Right. Of course. Of course. Right. So like all like mooning, all these stories of like, so like, so that was like kind of an inside joke was that the Steiners were notorious for fucking with people literally on the highway Good Lord. and so that's why they shot that vignette of nwo that's, running them off the road yeah that's so funny like yeah. the fact that they were totally okay with
1: it they could potentially kill everybody <laughs> in the next car <laughs> i mean it's it's wrestling baby i mean commit that's to the what bit, it man. Is. commit yeah. to the bit C- commit to it so All the rib <laughs> yeah, no kidding so at this time obviously he starts getting bigger and bigger and then we 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 really start to know him as big papa pub uh and his and,
0: <laughs> it's so hard to do this. The genetic freak.
1: So, yeah. Genetic freak, the genetic jackhammer. Um I, well, the, the end go but his well, so hold on really quick, Tom, but sure, his, sure. his here's his first nickname before he decided on pick papa, big papa pump oh, was God. uh White Thunder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why he that's why he had the bleached hair and the bleached goatee. White White Thunder, thunder. baby. White thunder. So so he's at
1: this time he he gets in some like mid card stuff he's doing. I think that was when they were still the the U.S. heavyweight champ uh, was still a big thing. He was doing that. Um, He actually really started off also with Booker T and he ended up uh, it was actually not bad. Like some of his stuff with Booker T. Uh, But that's when he kind of starts getting his big main event push. Uh, they push MVP champion. This is right around the time when WCW is like completely off the fucking rails. Uh, so this is like 2000, 2001. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but he, one of my other, I mean, there's so many is when he comes out and basically shits all over Ric Flair. Yes. And like, everyone is still like, is it a work? Is it a shoot? No one still really knows um, and, and and whatnot, but I, I Legendary promo where he literally comes out and just craps all over Ric Flair. It's, it's insanity. The,
2: yeah, it got bad. Yeah, it was. It, it, that's a nasty promo.
1: Oh, and it was like, it's so it's like, but everybody said, oh, no, it's a shoot. But then some people have been like, no, 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 Scott Steiner is Scott Steiner. And He literally just was unhinged that particular day and decided to go with it. And that's not, I mean, so I don't want to say that's the start. Of his insane ass promos, but that's one <laughs> of many. I mean, one of many, which is just nuts. So obviously, so he actually ends up. He kind of, I mean, kind of historic. He's he ends up. He was the champion at the time, uh, I believe. And he on the very last Nitro, he loses to Booker T.
3: Yeah, uh,
1: and Booker T was the last champion. It was actually a pretty solid match, if I'm trying to remember. Um, so I mean, the guy can wrestle. He's just unhinged so at this time wcw folds uh there were a ton of contracts up in the air um and and he uh i believe he decided to specifically sit out his career because he just didn't think he would fit in with the wwe rightfully so probably (laughs) uh i kind of odd though because that was that was still attitude era ish right which i think would have honestly fit in with it i know they were kind of coming to the end it, on that it was, one it
2: was toward it was like they're they're coming out at the end yeah and it was the attitude era and slowly ruthless turning to the ruthless yeah ruthless aggression era okay
1: yeah so okay so yeah so fair enough so he he decides to skip that and he ends up going with i don't know if you remember this and i don't even know if they're still around but it there was a there was a big promotion uh world wrestling all Stars where it was a lot of these ex-WCW guys yeah, yeah. some of the ex-WW. it was like around for like a year and it actually seemed to do okay mm-hmm. but i think it was it was like a year at best so this is like 2001 to 2002 really not great uh you know nothing really big to to sit there uh with oh yeah uh sid was actually the commissioner cuz he was still healing from his leg injury so i mean it's I'm just sid. it's kind of yeah oh yeah i <laughs> love sid so then comes probably what I would say is one of the most embarrassing stretches of his career is when he goes back to the WWE. You know, he, <laughs> they make this big deal, big deal. I remember I was like, oh shit, he's, oh my God. He shows up at the Royal Rumble and destroys everybody. And I'm thinking, okay, great, finally. Because it was very, around that time, and rightfully so, again, Triple H was like the guy. Um, and I was like, this is good. I could see he's kind of nuts, he's a big body guy, Triple H is a big body guy, etc. I it might work that when they finally get together, that is probably one of the worst matches I've ever seen. I oh, actually it, think I bad. believe it was it's one of the most highly rated, like worst matches of all time. Um, and like talk about a lot of hype and no sizzle, <laughs> but He also ends up doing some more promo work there. One of my favorites is when he does the arm wrestling competition with Triple H. Don't look at Scott Steiner. Watch Triple H the entire time. God bless Triple H. He is working his ass off to sell this guy. I don't know if you remember that when he does it. He's like dancing around and like because he can't move his arm. And Scott's just it's hysterical. And like it just again shows how great Triple H is. But like you're paired with this turd who can barely wrestle all he's yeah. con, like concerned about is getting bigger and bigger. He's just, and he ends up falling into some mid card bullshit with test and Stacy Keebler. And this was when they were totally cool with beating up women and he beat mm-hmm. up Stacy Keebler and it just test whatever. So it, I mean, it is just awful and he, he ends up getting injured and they just let him go at this point. So he ends up going on a run in the indies, it, it which makes no sense, and I can't remember if this or if it's later because he has he bounces around quite a bit mm-hmm. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, but he and Tom, I think I I, I shared this mask with you and Jim. If you haven't seen it, it's great. He's he's in like a baseball stadium. He's wrestling Billy Gunn, oh, and the gosh. mic doesn't work, and he starts getting pissed. So Scott Steiner had a very big reputation about being like unhinged, hard to work with and like you never knew which guy was going to show up. It was either like okay, Scott's good, we're going to be good and then he would sometimes show up pissed off and they're like, "Oh my god, we're all screwed." <laughs> love- and all he ends now. up the yeah. mic ends up breaking and and he's like trying to get it to work and Billy Gunn is his opponent and Billy Gunn is like, "Oh great, now you've pissed him off." And, <laughs> and it's hysterical and it's he is just unhinged. So I don't know if it was this time or if it was later. It, I think it's a little bit later. But so then, out of the blue, he shows up at what is then considered, then called, total nonstop action or TNA. Uh, he also shows up with this gigantic heart, like or this weird ass oh. tattoo on yeah. yeah, and he's he's still big. He's massive, and I think it was also at this time where he was, like, so big. He was – it's what a lot of, like, bodybuilders go through. So, like, Ronnie Coleman is that – and it, that's just bodybuilding. But imagine being that big in the wrestling business is that uh, – because I believe Test was with – I can't remember what he was with when he was with TNA, but I thought he was for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they were concerned. They were like, dude, it's taking you an hour just to stretch out to get into the ring. And so, like, people are starting to kind of get concerns with his size. but he. This is when he is, it's just, it's TNA is kind of growing, I guess, and very similar to ECW. They're they're trying to bring in big name talents. Uh, Sting was there. I think that's when he debuted is he shows up and he beats up, well, Steve Borden is <laughs> who he was at at that time. But this is just, they just let him go at this point. So he reunites with his brother. They come up with this bullshit main event mafia. It's like him, Booker T, Kevin Nash, uh, Booker T's wife, Sting. And it's just Kurt Angle, yeah, Kurt Kurt Angle. Angle at some point was in there. <laughs> and it's clearly like, it's just that. I think it was at the time where it was like, they were trying, like Bischoff was there, Hogan was there. And everybody says like, this almost killed the company. It was so bad there with, like, I think that's when they brought Russo back. And it was just, it was terrible. So roughly we're talking from like 2007 to about 2010. So he ends up going back to the Indies. He's on it's what's called World Wrestling Council, uh, which I believe is a Puerto, Puerto Rican promotion. Yeah, Puerto Rico. Yep. So he goes down there, etc. cetera. Um, and yeah, it, whatever. It's Scott Steiner. So shockingly, he goes back to TNA. He's there for about a year. And I think this is when he cuts probably what is considered one of the greatest promos I have ever seen. And th- the stories about this promo are legendary and how the fuck PD Williams didn't keep like how he did not laugh during this isn't crazy. So what I'm talking about is Steiner math <laughs> Steiner cuts this promo where he's talking about, it's a match between him, Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. Yes. yeah. Cause Samoa Joe was there where he ends up trying to like, I, 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 thinking about it makes my brain run in circles, but it, if you haven't seen it, it's hysterical. But Jim, I, I know it sounds like you have something to say about this, but it's watching Petey Williams like pantomime when he like goes into the 33 and a third percent, which makes no sense. It's I can't even explain it. It's so funny, but how he kept a straight face. But Jim, I, I, well, the, what are your guys' thoughts on the math, on the Steiner math
0: promo? You, you It's funny. You, you referenced Petey Williams, right? And how did he not break well, they only recently – like the producer only recently came out and said they had to do a two takes because the first take, Petey completely lost it. So that's the thing is it, like the, Petey actually did lose his shit the first time because that's it was amazing. so weird. So think about it. Like it's one thing to watch that Steiner math promo and think, okay, Scott Steiner is just a fucking weirdo. But to realize he did it twice – <laughs> which means he thought about this ahead of time. He prepared this. Holy fuck.
1: But also, which I didn't, I don't know if you knew this, Jim, but Tom told me this is when he was at the university of Michigan, he was a math major. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> that gets me every time. Tom, do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on the Heath Snyder math promo?
2: One, I think it's the funniest thing you'll ever watch. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently somebody, and I don't know how true this is because the internet is whatever, that uh, somebody did the math and it's actually correct. (laughs) It's just the reason reason why it's so insane is because it's Scott Steiner doing it. And everyone (laughs) looks at him as his idiotic meathead, which he is, and they're like, there's no way this is accurate. So, uh, but I, I don't know if it's true. I'm not a, I'm not a math wizard, but it is one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen in wrestling. And, and Samoa. Oh, sorry, Tom. Go no, ahead. No, no. He just, the way he delivers promos, he, he just like angrily barks and is, rah, 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 and it's, I think that's why, why there's such a joy, but he also, and and maybe it's the CTE, you know, clown thing, <laughs> but he like speaks almost neanderthalic like it is the weirdest thing in the world it's just a weird, weird, accent. He he has has a weird accent. accent he has a weird accent he has a weird accent and he just like talks in short spurts just <clears throat> and then he gets and also too halfway through the promo he he legitimately looks confused about what he's talking about, <laughs>
1: <I should go laughs> he about
2: promo scott steiner
1: oh my god well he goes i think he starts it off with he's like See, if it's me and you, it's a fifty percent chance. But then you put a third person in, and you have a thirty-three and a third percent. And then he keeps breaking it down, and it's just—it's hysterical. But apparently, also Samoa Joe was there and saw it, and he was like, "I have never laughed so hard my entire life (laughs) because nobody (laughs) knew that he was going to do this." It is—it's oh man, thirty-three
2: and a third percent chance of winning,
1: Jim. It it would—it would—it would. I would love nothing more if you could just get a snippet of him doing Steiner math It's it. and everybody. And, and when his, his nephew, so his, his brother's son, uh, Rick Steiner's son, Bron Breaker uh, actually, I think wore like a singlet with math numbers on it, but then also referenced the promo. But everyone was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, he's got a, when are you going to reference Steiner math? And he did, he did like a 33 and a third thing. And it was, you could tell they're real people like the good wrestling fans in the crowd mm-hmm. were like oh, oh, oh like please we've been waiting for this so so really I I would say that was probably his high point <laughs> at, at Tna at that point was cutting that promo mm-hmm. uh, other than that I, he just he's Scott Steiner um and at like I said at that time Tna was really in a weird flux um you know where it was Jarrett was still. I think at that point, Jarrett was gone because it was like everything that they initially wanted TNA to be was not. And like it just it was a mess and it wasn't it was pretty bad how they actually stayed on that long is kind of impressive. Um, so,
2: well, no, oh, no I, I think that was the the era of when uh, Jarrett's wife was going through like cancer. His His first wife was going through cancer and he 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 left and he was pretty, I mean, pretty outspoken about not coming back for like a long time. And, uh, yeah, it was like, if TNA was bad after he left, TNA was like in no man's land. It was (laughs) like I said, I was in parts unknown.
1: Yeah, it was, but he's and it. He remind you too. He's, he's been around for a while at this point. He's still doing Frankensteiners. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, Oh my God, what are you doing? But he's also massive. And, um, I, I can't remember it was I don't know if he was with TNA at the time or if it, we'll, we'll get to some more of uh, what I like to call um, Stott, Scott Steiner makes the news. Um, <laughs> he ends up almost dying at one point. He actually came within like a hair's breadth. And I can't remember if it was oh. with, he was with TNA or when he left, but he was doing a show in Puerto Rico. And somebody stepped on his throat and crushed his trachea. Oh, whoa. The doc- yeah, the doctors, I remember this because I heard it. And I was like, oh, my, because they were like, oh, my God, Scott Steiner might actually die. They, um, He ended up having to take like a cruise ship back and whatnot because they had to, he was like, they gave him five hours to live. Holy it was so geez. bad. And it was like a weird accident where somebody stepped on his throat or kicked him, but it like crushed his trachea, which is, you know, a pretty vital part of our body. So we'll get into that in a second. So after this he ends up getting released um and then he's just on the indie scene if that makes any sense i think this is where he ends up doing the where i saw the video with billy gunn mm-hmm. and you know so i it just seems to make more sense what was a gcw
2: time. event oh my god no shit really oh. it was is when he uh jared like relaunched or was launching gcw yeah or no no it wasn't GC, uh G global force GF. wrestling. GF oh GF. that's right. Yeah. Yep. Global force wrestling. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> no, Scott Center did not wrestle make gauge.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> well, because that was it. They, they like eventually formed it was like the GFW, like that world title with the impact world title. Yeah, they, they kind of like joined.
0: merged. Yeah. They
1: kind of merged together. So he ends up actually going back to, <laughs> surprise, surprise, he goes back to TNA. Um, and I think at this point, this is when he ends up getting with us. Uh, he goes back with uh, Petey Williams and Jordana Grace, Jordan Grace. Sorry. I keep wanting to say Jordana, but Jordan Grace. And they were like, they were like the, the cause I think that's where she got the big mama pump from. Yeah. yeah thick
0: mama pump.
1: And or then thick little mama pump. Pump-a-pump.
0: little <laughs> pump. I
1: mean, I, that I, I'd watch that. That yeah, actually the, 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 the pump family. Why not? Like it just sounds great. So where we're going to end it before I get into Scott Steiner makes the news is at this point, it's right around. He ends up, I think he does something with the NWA for like, again, a hot second. Um, he ends up coming in like a surprise member of it was some sort of feud that Nick Aldis was doing when he was champ. And he ends up being on his team and whatever. But really the the end of, I would say, because I, I, I think he's all but done at this point was he gets inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, with his brother. I think Braun Breaker was the one that introduced him and whatnot. So at this point, it kind of, I think we can safely say Scott Steiner will probably not be in a ring ever again. Um, but no, God bless ever, man. Man. what a I know, <laughs> but what a, what a treat this guy was at this point. But Scott Steiner is just as infamous outside of the ring as he is on the inside of the ring. So there's obviously the steroid abuse allegations that have just run rampant. Uh, What I was referencing to earlier with when he was with the WWE, they were like, "This is when WWE was like, we're gonna crack down hard on steroids." And kind of, I kind of thought it was a ballsy move by Scott. He goes, "If you're gonna test me, test Triple H," and nothing ever happened. (laughs) He was, he said, "I don't know if yeah, I don't know if you remember that Tom. He was like, "You're gonna test me, you're gonna test him," and nothing ever came of it. It Weird for Scott Steiner, but it seems like, hmm, gee, I wonder why. So that's just one. Um back in his early days, uh, he tried to run over a um a, a municipal worker <laughs> that was blocking an exit. Oh and he God. like yeah, because he was pissed off that he couldn't get to where he needed to be. And this this guy was like, Hey man, you just can't get off on this exit ramp, it's closed. So he tried to run him over. Um who amongst us has not tried to be- run
0: over <laughs> <a> discharge municipal <laughs> worker?
1: Yeah, municipal worker. I just you know, I see those like I'm like, <laughs> you motherfucker, and I just hit the gas. Um so in 2005, um, not quite as infamous as the plane ride from hell, but he has his own plane ride from hell with Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger. I don't know if you guys remember this. Luger ended up getting arrested. And that was, this was pretty Whoa. much the start. Yeah, it was, this was when Luger, like, it made, not, no pun intended, nose I <laughs> like, bad. Like, this is when, you know, he really, it was just a bad time for him. But yeah. Surprise, surprise. Those three assholes, you know, <laughs> causing trouble on a plane. Uh, it was a TNA house show. They were in San Juan, Puerto Rico in 2007. That's when he um, he got his uh, trachea stepped on. Uh, and he, he was like coughing up blood. They had to put him in a coma. And I believe let me see here. Yeah, it was diagnosed with a torn trachea and given five hours to live. Holy crap. He was there for like two weeks because he couldn't fly because of the change in pressure uh could cause his lung to collapse. Like it's crazy. It's he was on the brink of death, and he stayed there. Got on a cruise ship, and he's clearly still with us. Um, one of the other. I mean, I know. Well, so I mean, he did the the inside the ring promo with Ric Flair. Uh but also after he left TNA, um, at is this is like again when, when when was I think it was not the last time he was there, but the like 2011 so like 2010 to 2013 that's when like Hogan and all that was there he goes on like a tirade and just shits all over Eric Bischoff Hulk Hogan (laughs) and it's just imagine Scott Steiner just just un oh gosh and so yeah so that's that's fun so he does that um and that pretty much just kind of brings us to now um you know at one point he was actually sorry to go back to the you know Scott Snyder makes the news. He was actually banned from the WWE Hall of Fame for several times because uh her Hulk Hogan's wife, he like kind of like I don't know if it was he made a move on her or
0: he just went off on her. He's according according to Hulk, he threatened to kill her. <laughs> so yeah, I mean this
1: if this doesn't explain the fucking personality we're dealing with here so guys i mean jesus jones like what I, I i wanted to do this to be fun you know to get us back to doing our spotlights i thought it would be fun but like what are your favorite i think we need to end this with what are your favorite scott steiner moments because there are many and yeah. i mean inside of the ring outside of the ring i will say tom i hope i don't steal your thunder on this um you know i if, if this is going to be one of the things you were going to talk about, I'll let you talk about it more. But if you have not seen Scott Steiner's workout <laughs> oh, video, Oh yes. Oh my God. It is. And find it then with the commentary of two guys. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my entire life. And it, I believe the three of us still reference it. He has a quote in it where he says, maybe it's right. Maybe they ain't. And like, <laughs> again, this is the, the, like the, the level of, of, mental soundness that we're dealing with. Maybe it's right, maybe it ain't. Right? Like <laughs> cool man, oh, like sure, gosh. that makes total sense. So guys, give give me some give me your favorite Steiner isms Steiner matches, just all things Scott Steiner.
2: Oh, the the since you brought it up first, you got to talk about the workout video. The workout video is the most insane thing you'll ever watch, commentary or not. He is like he is working out like a guy on steroids works out and he's like the best part about it is, is like, it's supposed to be encouraging, you know, to somebody who's like, you know, like DDP yoga, like with DDP yoga, as cheesy as it is, it's like a legit Yoda program. And, and it's like, it's doctor approved and all of the stuff Whereas like Scott Steiner's literally picking up the heaviest weight and just lugging <laughs> it around. And, and I think at one point he's doing like, dip lots with a lady no he's doing <laughs> dips with these like ridiculous massive chains around his neck <laughs> and yeah he it's it's fantastic I highly encourage everybody to, to to watch that Um there is a promo that he did with uh I'm going to ruin his name uh, the no, Tyson Tomko
0: yeah, yes. it's Tomko, yeah.
2: wow oh wow that's a shot in the dark and he, he like is, he's like incoherent. And uh, another thing too, is if you go watch it on YouTube, somebody put like what they think he said <laughs> <laughs> like gibberish. Well, he, he gets out of the car and, and I think he's like, he's like yelling at Tyson and then he like, sees the lady and he's like, Hey baby, what's up? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And I think he's like, he like yells at me. He's like, get my bags.
3: Get my birds! <laughs> it is
2: oh gosh. I, I love yeah. I love Steiner promos so much. They're just that insane. And on top of that too, didn't he didn't he in TNA try to bring back that like uh what we that move we talked about? And he the like st- it was Steiner. Re- driver. Yeah, the st- he like I think Mike Danae was like, oh god, like <laughs> he, he like botched it terribly. Um, man, I'm so glad you did Scott Steiner, Mike. Uh, I could talk about him, just the insanity f- for like hours. He had one of the most like brutal belly to back suplexes I've ever seen. Like he was intent to kill. Like that dude would just throw you around like a rag doll. One of my, I think one of my favorite matches is, uh, I mentioned it to you guys on the podcast a while ago and I don't, I don't think we, we, we kept it. We edited it out, but where it was the Steiner brothers. And I think it was Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow. Is it that one? It's a new Japan. It's, it's over when they did uh, Japan. I either Vader or Bam Bam in right. it. And it's actually like a phenomenal tag match. It is, it is really, really good. Um, But yeah, other than that, I mean, if you go down an hour or two rabbit hole of Scott signer on YouTube, that's all you need. And also don't you miss the, I mean, there's a lot to miss from the nineties, but like your quintessential bad boy was like bleaching your hair. That was, and, and then on top of that, he like, cause I remember when he came out and he, when he cut his hair, but he still had it black before he turned. And it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I was like, what, why does he look like somebody's dad? (laughs) Like it's it's thing, and then then he bleached his hair. But Steiner, yeah, Steiner is 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 like Sid. Is he's just once in a lifetime guy that he said a lot of insane things. Maybe had a few good matches, but he was he was very very entertaining.
1: He so just to give you really quick, Jim, because I definitely want to hear what you have to say. Like this is insane. So, pro-, pro Wrestling Illustrated, it probably I would say at at this point, still one of the biggest, not dirt sheets, but wrestling magazines. Whatever they still yeah. do the PWI like top five hundred, top tag teams, whatever. So, match of the year uh, with Rick Steiner and Luger and Sting at Super Brawl. Tag team of the year twice with his brother. Most improved wrestler of the year, which makes no sense. Nineteen eighty nine, number six, the top five hundred ninety one. Whoa seventy. 72- in 2003, and number two of the top 100 tag teams of the PWI years in 2003 with his brother. Like, wow. it, looking at some of these accolades that he's had just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, oh, here you go. Wrestling Observer. Here's another big one. Best wrestling maneuver, the Frankensteiner. uh He, I did forget, uh, and Jim, I don't know if this is what one of the things that you're going to talk about. So he was involved with when they WCW New Japan. First, going they were doing the, the the super brawl he was in a wh- hell of a fucking good tag match with uh i'm gonna butcher these guys's name i know um uh, uh oh my god it's hiroshi hase h-a-s-e mm-hmm. and then uh kinsuke sasake if i'm saying that right the, so sasuke,
3: yeah,
1: sasuke yeah and that was at the new wcw new japan super show but just like yeah, but then again, he's also at the worst worked match of the year, which was at Triple H the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So anyway, Jim, what what can you shed on our Mr. Scott Steiner?
0: There are two factoids about Scott Steiner that I one love and two think perfectly encapsulate this human being. <laughs> Factoid number one, already alluded to he allegedly threatened to murder Hulk Hogan and his wife. <laughs> and not because like, not like and it is not because like Hulk Hogan killed his dog or something. It's just like, no, I don't like you. And so the story is that according to Linda Hogan, Hulk Hogan's ex-wife, Scott Steiner, Scott Steiner saw her at an airport and proceeded to follow her around the airport screaming at her because he was trying to get her to call Hulk Hogan to come to the airport to fight him. And, um, and in this tirade threatened, according to Lynn Hogan threatened to murder her and Hulk Hogan. Uh, and I just, I, I, I fucking, I don't know why that tickles me pink. Factoid number two is, and I think, again, best kept in the context of Factoid number 1, Scott Steiner owns a Shoney's franchise restaurant. <laughs> in his life. Yep. Because, because all of his years on the road, he loved Shoney's so much oh. that his retirement plan was to buy a Shoney's. Now, for those of you who have never been to a Shoney's restaurant, number one, you ain't missing much. Number two, (laughs) there's like six or seven left in the entire fucking country. And one of them is owned and operated by Scott fucking Steiner. (laughs) By this guy. I need in my life, I need to go to that Shoney's and just, just hang out. Just hang, just, I just need to be in the presence of Scott Steiner's fucking Shoney's restaurant You need, I, I, before I die.
2: You should go there and demand to speak to the manager and owner.
0: <laughs> like, I'm not happy with the service. No, when I get the bill, I'll just do the math. Like, I'll be like, well, according to this bill, you owe me 33 and a third, but there ain't no way in hell I ate 50% of this taco. So you owe me seventeen percent of gratuity on top of the twenty-eight.
1: <laughs> Un- unreal, like it just. But I love that too. That just again, like you, Jim, just speaks to the character of this guy of just like I know it'll make us millions. A Shoddy's, <laughs> baby. We gotta buy that Shoties, Like yeah, in Georgia, of um. all places.
0: Well, because I remember like I remember when he bought it, like a bunch of old WCW guys showed up for the grand opening to support him. And the pictures from that are just fucking hilarious because it's just a bunch of old washed up WCW guys in street clothes, like hanging out at Shoney's. And it's fucking hilarious to me. I don't know why. I I love that. He's proud of it. Yeah. Hey,
2: all my buddies, you know, like he. He's like, man, I've, I've hit it big. I, 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 I own a Shoney's finally.
1: <laughs> and you know, what's even, what's even crazier too. He's been married to his wife now for over 23 years. Oh, wow. Huh. Which is, yeah, it just, and he's got two kids. Yeah. It, it, was she I, one of his freaks? I, maybe. I'm not sure. That would be a I great, great
0: story. Wouldn't it? It was. Kids gather around. I want to tell you about how I met your mom. See, your dad used to be known as Big Papa Pump, and I had a lot of freaks. <laughs> Turns out he's fucking great. Yeah,
2: Scott yeah. Steiner. My God.
0: He's I can't even think
1: of a match, to be honest. Like, can you guys think of any? I mean, other than some of the the Steiner brothers matches, you yeah. know, and whatnot. But like I single handedly cannot think of a match where I've been like, oof, barn burner. Okay. I mean, oh, considering yeah.
0: his, his, his finishing move was the Steiner recliner Steiner recliner, and it was one of the weakest fucking camo clutches I've ever seen in my life. Like it's your finisher and it still looks like shit.
1: Yeah. I- <laughs> Cause he wouldn't, he wouldn't sit down. He'd no, like he'd just couldn't. stand over top of him.
2: And like dude, he was weird. so massive at a certain point. He couldn't do like, he couldn't lock it. So he would use, he would like use his like forearms. Remember that? And he would like, and it wasn't. He stopped doing the chin. And he started doing the head. Sometimes and it was just like, oh man, lay off the juice, man.
1: So that's Scott Steiner, everybody. Um, if you, if I feel like you, you can't be a wrestling fan if you haven't somehow wandered the through Scott Scott one of Steiner. his matches. Yeah. <laughs> Suffered through one of his matches, his promos. Like it's just, it's it, he's just an interesting guy because he clearly got over as a tag team wrestler i mean the steiners have had some really really good matches for sure classic and yet yeah. he somehow still gets over as a singles competitor but like there's clearly a distinction of when the steiner brothers before like that it's when scott went on his own there is a definitive period of when you're like it's it's fun to try and figure out when he lost his fucking mind <laughs> like, <laughs> like it is it's insane. Like I would, because I was doing some. I was going back and looking, trying to find some matches and whatnot. And I'm like, these are actually pretty good. Yeah, he's got the mullet and everything. But then, like, I started going down his W, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, there's somewhere in there where he just went, like, lost his mind. <laughs> but so that's it. That's my spotlight of the week is on uh... Big Papa Pump,
2: Booty Daddy, Holler. If you hear me.
0: That'll wrap it up for this episode, but come back next time for more news analysis. And of course spotlighted wrestler of the week. Big thanks for giving us a listen and super thanks for subscribing to this podcast. So you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim and we are out.